It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I've noticed. Everybody, nickname here, and welcome to Bigger on the Inside, episode number twenty-five. I can't believe oh, we're actually a quarter of a hundred. That's amazing. Uh, as always, I'm joined with Ringo. Big chilling years. Hello. It's been a while. How's it going? Yeah, how, how does it has been a while? Hey. It's been, how long has it been? Uh, I'm gonna say about two months, maybe. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Shit. Yeah, so this is very shit. This is very overdue. Yeah, but shit. but to be fair, um, there hasn't really been a lot of news up until about the last couple of weeks. So I know, right? There's like a surge of stuff happening regarding the new season. Just thank you, Comic Con. We love you. <laughs> yes, San Diego Comic Con always delivered on the goods. You know, get mm-hmm. get my sugar fix. You know. And we will get to we will get to Comic Con. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> there there are some opinions. I know that for a fact. But before we get into any news, how have you been? How have I been in the past two months? Um, let's see. School's creeping up, so that's fun. I've nearly finished high school completely, Woo-hoo! and that's exciting. Yeah. Have you still got um, the Have you still got the days counting down? Yes, I do have a timer on my a, a days left on my sticky notes because how else do you do it when, <laughs> when you're in high school? Um, you still have like then, graduation to look forward to though, like in your formal. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I've been watching some movies. That we have to get onto <laughs> you because that's watching my, movies. That's <laughs> that's what my life consists of at this moment. It's school, movies, and the occasional sleep. Um. Let's see, let's see, let's see. What's happened the past two months? Ugh. Uh, I've had holidays, which was nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm back on the grind. Ready to talk some... Back on that grind. Yes. How about you? Surely you have more interesting... No, I, I really haven't had no, okay. more much, much interesting. <laughs> I finished my course, uh, as I think I mentioned in the previous podcast, I finished my course and now I'm actually going into a new one. So much time has passed mm-hmm. that I've literally managed to go from ending one course to starting another. Oh my God. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm very, very excited uh, to see how that goes. Um, mm-hmm. No, it's been pretty, pretty uneventful for me as well. Just, mm-hmm. just waiting for that series ten soundtrack. As you, if you haven't, if you <laughs> yes. haven't noticed on my Twitter at Enquest sixty three, someone put that out there. Shameless plug. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I've gotten in on the bandwagon and have uploaded. <laughs> I've uploaded how many days <laughs> since series ten has ended. So, um, hopefully, it is less than uh, eight hundred days. Fingers crossed, because I really don't want to wait three years for a soundtrack. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, apart from that, just, uh, movies, lots of movies. And we will get to that as well. We will get into, uh, You've watched movies? Holy shit. 
Yeah, oh but God. like not as prevalent as you. I just want to point that out. Like, oh no, to be fair, I I have slowed down massively in the past two weeks. <laughs> I've watched probably four movies in the past two months. <laughs> okay, that's including like ones on that, that I've, that's including like repeated movies, like the movies that I've I seen. feel terrible about my number now. <laughs> yeah, you're probably in like the forties, aren't you? Let's be honest. Hey, okay, hold on. Two months is in what? What the end of? Hold on, I can work this out. No rush. Uh, probably June to end of July. There, you go. there's your two. June months. to end of July. Okay, June was including rewatches. So yeah, fifty-seven movies since the start of June. Um, um, yeah, that's a number. <laughs> and um, I watched four. Okay, so the difference is pretty big. Yeah, but just a little bit, a little bit difference. We're not shaming anybody here. <laughs> what, what was good in those fifty in those fifty two seven movies? Let's see. But but the difference is I go for quality. <laughs> Excuse me, have you seen Fallout yet? <laughs> Have you seen Fallout yet? I don't think so. Hey, hey, that's that's all I to do this. I didn't go watch a pr- an advanced screening, okay? I, mm. I have to wait until <laughs> August 2 like a regular person, okay? Hey, I watched some good stuff in the past. I watched Halloween 3, 4, 5, and 6. Why would you do What'd that? What'd you do? Itself? Why did you No, actually, that? 3 is really good. I, because I thought H2O like, was alright, if we're going to talk about Halloween. Movies. I haven't seen... Yeah, no, I'm up to that one. Okay. But I don't mind Halloween. Because Hall- it was meant to be a new story each movie, which is why 3 is good, because it's a different story. Yeah. But then you got th- 4, 5, 6, which are all Michael Myers, and it's it gets really ridiculous, let me tell you. Like, <laughs> there's, like, rituals and, the and like, some satanic shit, and it's just really... Oh, it's garbage. Yeah, I'm but, not. Uh, I'm not really into you know. the Halloween uh, franchise, but my my like, my best friend Daniel. Hi, Daniel. If you're listening to this, I doubt it. But hi, if you hi are, Daniel, you have good taste in movies. Yeah, he's he's seen all the Halloween movies. So, <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> you, you, I bet he can't wait for the new one. Yeah, he he, oh, he can't wait. He actually he was it the first person so to show me the one about Jamie Lee Curtis on the you know the balcony on the house with like the, yes the, yes yeah yeah that that one he showed me. He was like, oh my god, oh my god, new Halloween picture. I'm like, okay, calm down, mate. Because <laughs> I watched the first one, like, not too, lo- not too long ago, and I was like, oh my god, where has this been? And it is now one of my favourite horror movies. It's so and good. Halloween, the first one, is just, so good. Yeah. It's so good. Anyway, anyway, we are already off track. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Where did this come from? Movies, right. talking about Doctor Who, talking about movies, again, as always. I, I can't help it. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, fortunately for our podcast, we incorporate both, so it's not like it's a big surprise. Yes, there. yes, we are we are bigger on the inside for multiple reasons. A, <laughs> get it? Okay, please, please move on. Exactly. Yeah. All right. All right, dude. Let's let's talk Doctor Who. <laughs> we're What's about, that? We're about six minutes into the recording, and we're just about to probably talk about Doctor Who. So there has been yes. so much news because obviously it's been there's been two months worth. Um, mm-hmm that I've organized this into three categories, and you get to choose which <gasps> order we go through. Yes! All right, so okay. we have... Okay, okay. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, former showrunners, Series 11, and Miscellaneous. So, take your Okay, pick. I think there's a pretty obvious one to leave to last, so I'm going to go with... Miscellaneous, <laughs> the start of <laughs> So you actually want to do the miscellaneous? 
I actually do want to do miscellaneous. Right. Then I'll do former showrunners, and then we can do series eleven. Sounds good. And end on end on the the, the weird. End on the the crescendo, the the big and mighty, full of it news part. Yes, go. All right. So, the first bit of news from the miscellaneous: half an hour of footage was cut from Twice Upon a Time. Half an hour. I would kill for that cut. Show us the director's cut. Show us a Snyder cut of yeah, Twice Upon a Time, I want the please. Snyder cut of Twice Upon a Time, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I don't I just can't joke, believe but... half an hour. And all I took... Like, that's pretty big. Yeah, like, that's a lot, like, a lot of footage. Like, yes, if it was, like, you know, the first cut, and they were, like, you know, cutting stuff off for the actual episode. But this was an actual full finished thing, right? With half an hour. Yes, that they cut. yes, yes. Wow. Wow, Okay. So that's yeah. I can only imagine what it, what they could have done, what it could have you know been. I wonder if it improved the episode. You know what? I think it would have improved the episode. Yeah, in hindsight, I it's actually kind of weird because like if you think about twice upon a time, not a lot actually happens. I feel like it. It sort of flows. It's sort of like the pacing. I guess it's it's well paced. But I feel like it glosses over some things. Yeah. So maybe that half an hour would have actually made it more memorable, perhaps, or sort of. Giving us a better reason to give a shit. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I, I think I can only wonder now. Damn it. I know how those Snyder fanboys feel. When something they love so <laughs> I much want gets, the Snyder cut twice cut. upon a time. <laughs> I like the idea of just like every director's ch- cut just be called uh, the Snyder cut. Even though Zack Snyder's not involved, just call it the Snyder cut. Just synonymous. <laughs> just synonymous with him now. Can't can't change it back. I want to see the Daredevil Snyder cut, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I thought I'd start with that because it's a little bit of a tame thing. And um, yeah, this will tie in nicely with a bunch of other cuts that have happened. So, you remember the episode "The Lie of the Land," don't you? Of course. Yes. So apparently, um, so there's a show in the UK. I have absolutely zero experience with this show because I'm not British. But there's a show called mm-hmm. Casualty. You ever heard of this before? Yes. I, I've i heard of it, but I don't know much about it. Okay. So apparently there was a casual Casualty cameo uh, from The Lie of the Land, right? So it, it involved uh, two of the show's characters uh, continuing their jobs in this, like, newly adjusted world with the monks in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm like... I don't know how to how that would have that, that kind of reminds me of um, Dimensions in Time with like Doctor Who so crossed over with like, like EastEnders like what? <laughs> that's really obscure but interesting. Yeah, like because in this is all part of uh, the Doctor Who magazine, uh, the the previous issue, mm, not yes. the, the one with Jody on it. By the way, that one with Jody on it looks pretty good, but um, getting getting a little topic there. <laughs> so in that same Doctor Who magazine, there are a bunch of other cuts. Now this is the part that I really wanted. So I'll go by this one by one, and then you tell me if you think that it would have improved the episode or not. Right? Ready? So mm-hmm. there was an entire subplot removed from the Curse of the Black Spot that resulted in a character mysteriously disappearing from the final episode. Um, that episode, right? Okay. Pirates. Pirates, my boy. Yes. I really hope that was going to be a better episode, honestly. 
Like, it's pirates. How how bad could you possibly how do you rate miss pirate scoring? Like, they're the most exciting things to kids and adults and anybody. How do you make that boring and weird and, like, the special effects were so bad in that episode. Like, I laughed. Anyway, not the point, but there's my rant on... So, so would you agree it. that... So, this subplot um, from The Curse of Black Spot... Yeah, sorry, the actual... Improved mm-hmm. it or not? Um... Honestly, I would have seen it. I would have liked to have seen it. So let's say improved. All right, cool. <laughs> so there has been dialogue removed from In the Forest of the Night, where the Doctor recalls gotcha. his time looking into the time vortex as a child. Okay. Pros. Less time spent on the children. Cons. <laughs> time spent on him as a child. Pro. The Doctor would have been a more interesting child than the rest of them. Con. It was cut. That's my that's my um analysis of that. There you go. So improved or not? Oh, okay. Let's be improved. Honest. Of course, it'd be more improved. You can't you... because you can't go worse than what we've done in that episode. It was abysmal. This is in the first of the night we're talking about. Very very little you could do worse than what was already in that bottle. Like the only thing you could do to worse than that episode is remove the doctor from it and just have the kids in it, like all around. It just then, it's all then kids. Beat the episode. It's like everyone it's... got like reversed in time, so like Clara and Danny as kids and. <laughs> oh god! It's just it's just kids. The entire episode is just children. Kids rocking it. All kids are kids saving time and space. And I like that the concept. Not even the concept. I like the art, like the art design. If that's like an even thing to call them, like I like the concept art. But in the, like, there was a visual element to it that I liked. But that's the only positive I can give that episode because everything else was shit. I, but I, I do like the idea to an extent. Like, I thought it looked nice. I don't know. I'm trying to give it a praise. My one positive is probably the pre-title sequence. Oh yes, that, that, that bit with the music. That was good. Like, she, like it goes back, like hands back, and you just see like this giant statue surrounded by that the forest. That was really good. Yeah, that was like, that's, like the next. best part of the entire episode. And, it's and then you're two like, minutes oh god, in. I don't want to know. It's <laughs> like, it. what's it? It's like, oh god, what's gonna happen next? And then you're like, oh, okay, shit. Oh, okay. Take us back. Take us back. I don't want to know what happens next. This is this is bad. Yep. Oh man. It should have been a short film. <laughs> it should have. Yep. A two-minute short film. All right. All right. <laughs> we still got some more to go through. Ready? Uh, yes. The Doctor and Donna visiting an old Agatha Christie in the Unicorn of the Wasp. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought you might like this one. Now, I love that episode for many reasons. Dr. Donna, Donna Agatha Christie. Plot twist. Um, yes. I don't know. I feel like less is more, but that would have been a nice little nod. Perhaps, maybe. What do you think? I personally like the idea, but I, I, I don't... I, I kind of think I prefer it more than the ending we've actually got, where... Um, uh-huh. <laughs> where we find out that, like, that Agatha, was... Agatha Christie's like reprinted like 10,000 years into the future uh, that was I kind of really like that as an alternative to be honest yeah it was really I guess totally off compared to what we got like compared to this it's like oh this is a nice mystery then like bam and you're like wait what 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 just happened like I thought like that, that, that would have been like a nicer way to end it perhaps mm. damn it now I can only hope but wonder again. Thank you. <laughs> all these, all these things that will never happen again. <laughs> the worst one is that bloody Mark Gaddis episode for Tenant. What was it? Was, was it Gaddis? 
Well, you got to narrow like, it down. You mean uh, Idiot's Lantern? The, no, no, it was the... Uh, it was like an Indiana Jones type episode with Tenon. Oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's Everybody, my yeah, biggest yeah. fuck you. Fuck you, Doctor Who. Fuck you, BBC. I wanted to see that. <laughs> <laughs> that one hurt the most. Oh, man. Anyway, I just anyway. I forgot. I remember we mentioned that. Like, <clears throat> was it the last episode, the episode before that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that one. Ugh, that grinds my gears. Okay. <laughs> we still got a couple more to go through. It was just cuts. Ready? So, the appearance of okay, two okay. Cybermen at the end of Journey's End that would have led into the next Doctor. The episode the next Ooh. Doctor, not, not like Matt Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right, just right. Wanted, just want to clarify that. The naming is Look, stupid. <laughs> the next Doctor's like funny fluff. Yep. And Journey's End is like one of my favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. So, if we could just not bring them together, that'd be good. <laughs> like, so you're not a fan of, of the idea of two Cybermen appearing? I like the nod, but no, thank you. It's a, it's a no for me. Yeah. So it's a, I think it, it would kind of just be like uh, the end of the Doomsday, where like yeah. Donna appears in the TARDIS, or like Last Christmas, or not Last Christmas. Yeah, yeah. De- Death in Heaven. Is Death oh. in Heaven the one before yeah, Last yeah. Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, where Santa appears at yes. the very end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like the idea that we're connecting these episodes, but like. Jones then was like a like a like a, a like a fanboy's dream, you know. It was it was like a fan fiction. If a fa- if, if an episode was a fan fiction, it'd be Journey's End. And let's just not connect that to what was a pretty average special. Yeah, Journey's End. Like I'm going to eventually get to review that episode. Or oh, by the way, mm-hmm. I want to announce this. So I'm currently up to the parting of the ways and trying to review uh, some stuff. So yes, hopefully, right. hopefully I can get my Doctor Who reviews out. Within the next two months. I'm going to try and at least get Rose yeah. out. That's going to be hopeful. But anyway, um, the last one of these cuts. A mother and su- a mother and young boy caught up in the Great Intelligence's plot in The Snowman. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> what do you think? I kind of feel like it's unnecessary. It kind of reminds me of uh, Justice League. Remember, you, you, have you seen Justice League, the movie? I have not. I don't want to ever see it. Wait, you mean the recent... Yeah, yeah the recent Justice League. Critically, no, I have not. Okay, so the there's there's a bit where, like, the, the they focus on this family. It's like this entire side plot. And they, they come back to them a couple of times. But they're affected... Like, they're basically located in the place where the final battle is going to happen. But, you don't, but they don't t- play it up as the final battle. It's just this weird family cut, like, every now and then. Hmm. And that's kind of what that would feel like to me. I don't really see. I like the idea of like a recurring motif and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, if it has no like thematic, like if it's not like saying something, and it's just like showing up for the sake of showing it, or giving us something else, someone to care about when we don't care about them because we don't know them, I feel like it's yeah. I agree with you. I think it'd just be useless. See, the... unless it had something to say. Obviously. Yeah. The point for me about the snowman and. Say so this what you will, but I feel like the point of the snowman was just to introduce Clara, basically, the person that would mm-hmm. eventually become the companion, as dumb as that was. Not not denying how dumb the decision to make her an Earth girl was again, but or like a modern day Earth girl, you know what I mean? That yeah. like the whole point was that it was mostly we saw Clara, like we saw the Doctor Who world through Clara's perspective, like she, she was a barmaid but she was a governess and we see how the doctor really interacts with her life and she uses that as an escape kind of thing. I don't see where the subplot about the mother and the young son 
incorporates into all of that. I feel like it's already a pretty... I love the episode, but I feel like it's already pretty banked up in terms of, I guess, story. I yeah. feel like I just would have been weird to watch. All right. Well, that, those are all the cuts. <laughs> we're still, we're still, we're still got a lot to do in regards to miscellaneous. Just pointing that out. So, um, I'll go to the next one straight away. Russell T Davies. Yeah. His name is going to come up a couple of times here in miscellaneous. But Russell T Davies confirms Ooh. that he tried to get Hugh Grant a role on the show. It's a yes for me. <laughs> I would love to say that. That 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 was my yes. So, what would you like to see Hugh think... Grant has though? Like, like, would you like him to something retardedly comical? No, something like maybe like you know how the, the, every episode there's like a guy who like the doctor like regularly like you know tosses aside and help, helps them. Like, it, it's not the companion, but it's like a one-off. Like, hey, come with me. Let's help do this. Yeah, I yeah. feel like he could have been like a like a side one-off companion-ish character and just being like stupidly stupid and like so like kind of like Kylie Minogue like in Voyage of the Dam yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but like maybe I feel like you know if you know anything Hugh Grant does you know he's he can be a ball of fun especially in Paddington 2 his greatest role to date um I feel like I would have loved to see him just be funny and stuff and yeah that's I would have loved it it's yes for me it's a yes for me (laughs) What do you We've think? We've got no Britain's Got Talent here, here on this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to press the golden button in a second. I am. I'm going to press the golden button for Hugh Grant. What do you think? Uh, yeah, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant's such a big name as well, so I have really no objections to... <laughs> More attention for... It's like yeah. Hugh Grant posts on Twitter. Um, Doctor Who episode, everyone's like, Doctor Who, what's that? And someone the show is like a spike in viewers. It's like, whoa, Doctor Who. <laughs> and yeah, that'd be funny. I love the idea of like Will Smith uh, being on the sh- being on Doctor Who. I love that idea. Oh yeah, he, I would so be down hilarious. for that. He would have been hilarious. Yeah, he'd be funny as shit. Yo, man, what, what doing, if he's man? like the alien? <laughs> what if he like it's like a it's like the Slovene type um, deal where like Doctor's like, hey, Will Smith, how's it going? He's like, I'm good, and then it's like, holy shit, he's the he's the He's the alien or the evil guy. <laughs> he's a Slovene like, all along. He, like he like takes off his mask. And he's like, I bet you didn't see this coming. I have, I have. You got me. But yeah, Hugh Grant's obviously a huge positive. Yes, it's a shame please. that I didn't get on it. But maybe, maybe in the future, maybe in series 11, you never know. <laughs> They've been very tired about Series 11, but we'll get to that. We will get to that for sure. Um, so, mm-hmm. tying in nicely to my next uh, thing. So, in the previous uh, episode, we spoke about Eccleston coming about coming out about his um, his feelings towards Series 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Russell D. Davies has obviously spoken out about <laughs> this controversy. Um, I've written down the response verbatim, so um, strap yourself in. Yes. So his response is, what has to be remembered when the show is being discussed in the present tense now is that I was his employer. I was his producer. I have a duty of care towards any lead actor I work with, so I have a duty of care towards Chris in that moment. He's free to say that and explore whatever he wants. That's fine. This duty of care uh, involves respecting him and listening to him at all times. That's my job, and that duty of care towards him will extend for the rest of our lives. He'll always be my doctor, and I will always be his producer. 
that's a really sappy, sweet way to end that. But uh... it is very sentimental. But it, but the weird thing is that it actually doesn't really address anything that he actually. Said. No, it's sort of like a. It's sort of like someone saying, "Yes, that's yes, yep, okay, uh huh, yep, this is the way it is," and then like walking off stage, and, and you're like, "Wait, yeah, did it's you like address my question." It's like, what did you mean? Yeah, he did. did you mean to say he doesn't deny actually... anything that he says, though. He just is like, no, yes, yeah. but that's how how it how it is and how it will be. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, and I've said this a couple of times, is that um, despite the whole uh, falling out between the show and like like between RTD and Eccleston, is that that still doesn't take away from the fact that Eccleston still had some amazing episodes. Like I feel it's always oh, important. Definitely. It's always important to, I mean, it's it's important to understand that there could be some background controversy towards mm-hmm. art, but art will always live on beyond the pettiness of the of the background controversy. Mm-hmm. Like there will be people in a hundred years' time that will have no idea that Eggleston and Davies had a falling out, but they will still see the episode Dalek, or they'll see yeah. Father's Day, or they'll see Bad Wolf, and they'll be like, "Holy shit, that was a great episode!" <laughs> and that's just the, that's just how it is. Um, and so that's why I think, despite all that's happened, I'm still amazed that what we got in that first series was as good as it was, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. They're, those are my thoughts. Do you have anything to add on to that or change or disagree with? No. I think it's, you know, it is what it is. And it's been such a, you know, constant, I guess, topic of discussion. If I was him, I'd be like, oh my God, okay, I have other things. Leave me alone. You know, like, I feel like, you know, he had a, he had a good run. And I'm sure he's a nice guy, given some of the things you've been retweeting, which I bored my eyes out at. Ah, um, yes, yes. And we, yes, and, yes. You know well, you know, we maybe. may as well just get into that, because that is part of the miscellaneous talk. Oh, sweet. Um, so, what what, uh, what, he, what George is talking about is that London Film Comic Con happened the past weekend, and the amount of Doctor Who people that were there, you'd think that it was Gallifrey 1. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to rattle off every single Doctor Who-related person that I'm aware of that was there. Ready? Okay. Christopher Eccleston. David Tennant. Peter Capaldi, Matt Smith. What? All four? Hang on, it gets better. Stephen Moffat, (gasps) Peter Davison, (gasps) Tom Baker, (gasps) Arthur Darvill, (gasps) Noel Clark, (gasps) Paul McGann, David Bradley, Colin Baker. Oh my god. Surely they recreated something. And Ingrid Oliver. Oh. Fifteen people. That, and and a lot of them are frick doctors as well. Sure, yeah. they did something. A lot of them are like, either doctors or companions. Wow, far out. That's insane. Yes, yeah, so, I. Yeah. The only one that wasn't wow. there, uh, McCoy was slated to be there, but he had to turn it down at the last second. But every mm-hmm. other, basically, every other living doctor is there. We have four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12. Yeah, every living doctor except for McQueen. <laughs> wow, that's got you. Surely they did something, right? Like a special thing. Come on, please tell me they did like a like a um, 
Dale Doctor reunion. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, all There are more doctors in this than the Day of the Doctor. Right? Holy shit. Um, but yeah, some great stuff actually did come out of this, as uh, you did point out. Uh, so the two that are most well, most documented, and uh, I did retweet that. Uh, Eccleston hugging Peter Capaldi. Uh, I, I was, I was, yeah, I got a bit sentimental when I saw when I saw he's that actually happening. Everyone, man, oh my god! It's, it's, just, oh my god! It's something. It's very few things that you'll ever see in your lifetime, but seeing. To like particularly Eccleston, as we've just pointed out beforehand, who kind of had the falling out with Doctor Who, still loves the show. It's, it's still very apparent in just the way that he's so fond of uh, Capaldi by hugging him, and he did the Predator handshake or the the uh, arm wrestle handshake with Matt Smith. And oh my god, that's so good to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, ah, I just I just cannot get over how amazing it would have been to be at London Film and Comic Con. More so than probably the one at San Diego. It would have been oh Doctor Who dream going in that one, let me tell you. Let's go let's go to the next one before I start like start feeling bad about living in <laughs> Australia. Uh, so Doctor Th- <laughs> The next one I go to makes me even more depressed. Doctor Who themed escape rooms are coming to the UK. Oh Sweet. <laughs> I know, right? Just a, just a little jab of the heart there. Uh, I'm so happy for that. Yeah, it's hardly surprising considering that, that uh, Sherlock is also getting the same treatment, but seriously, I just want this in Australia. I want this in Sydney. I just... I, I, I would... I <laughs> would pay... Yeah, yeah, in your case, Melbourne. But, like, I would pay good money to go into a Doctor Who-themed escape room in Sydney. Without yeah. question. Um, yeah. So that just made me little, feel a little shit. So let's talk about something a little happier, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Aww. Doctor Who on Twitch. Uh, that has yes. been a huge, a huge success. I cannot believe how, how, uh, how many people tuned into the marathons, um, that ran up, up until the 23rd of July. So it has officially, uh, concluded by the time this has been released. Um, have you do have you have, have you been into any of the the streams when they've been uh, showing the episodes? Oh, I've seen a couple of them, but nothing, um, not not as many as I would like to, to be honest. <laughs> but you but you agree, like the the, the the chat in that is absolutely nuts. Oh, there's some great classic Doctor Who memes that I never knew existed until that <laughs> that, that, that chat. London 1965, forever and ever. <laughs> that was such a good meme, and then it got into like some of the like it got even better. And then I think the the um the people behind the marathons that started to started to get a hold of the fact that people just kept making memes out of it, so they just made it as meme worthy the trailers as possible. Like the the fourth Doctor's second one, holy shit! The amount of meme worthy stuff there was was just amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, but anyway, Torchwood. Is getting the same treatment as Doctor Who. Um, so series oh. one, series one was aired on July fifteenth. Uh, series two was aired July twenty second. Uh, Children of Earth uh, aired yesterday, July twenty ninth, and uh, Miracle Day will be aired on August fifth. Oh, so, shit. 
Yeah, so what they're doing is one season a day. Or one season per day, so... No reruns, obviously, just mm-hmm. start to finish each of them. Yeah, I'm really glad because more people should get into Torchwood. Um, I've I've recently binged Torchwood Series 1, 2, and Children of Earth, uh, mm-hmm. and it was such a good experience. So I'm all for more people seeing Torchwood. Would you agree with that statement? Oh, yes, sorry, yes. Oh, <laughs> good. Sorry, my internet is taking a shit. <laughs> Whatever Nick says, I agree with. Australian internet, of course it is. Yes, I don't blame you. It wouldn't be a, a podcast without it, huh? Sorry, <laughs> I just cut all of that anyway. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, uh, speaking of speaking of spinoffs, Class mm-hmm. is returning, courtesy of Big Finish. Whoa! Um, yeah, Big Finish. Yes, the Big Finish came in, so it's going to be. I think all the cast is back. Um, It'll be six stories over two volumes. And Sophie mm-hmm. Aldred will actually appear as Ace. Uh, she's going to appear. I'm not too sure how much of a, how much of an involvement she'll have within the stories, but, I mean, it's, it's a good... It is, is a good way to um, expand the Doctor Who universe through class. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know too much else to say about that. <laughs> um... Personally, I feel like I'm not surprised by any of this. I mean, Big Finish love just adding onto the Doctor Who universe. <laughs> yeah. I doubted class would ever get a Series 2 TV release, so for those those people that enjoyed class, they can go have their film through Big Finish. Yep. Uh, I've got nothing else to add on to that. Uh, how about you? Anything else you want to add on to that? Nothing. Nope. All right, and that... Oh, no, sorry, I was going to say it. That concludes it. I've got one more thing to say about Miscellaneous. Twice Upon mm-hmm. a Time has been entered for an Emmy consideration. Going up... Oh, shit. Going up... Like it, it, they're, so they're not actually being considered for an Emmy. They're, they're like, putting, like, their, their name into the ballot kind of thing. Oh. Okay, so they're being entered right. for... I just want to clarify that. So they've been entered <laughs> for an Emmy consideration... Uh, uh, so that would be for best TV movie twice what a time. Uh, Peter mm-hmm. Capaldi has been entered for best movie slash miniseries actor. Pearl Mackey has been entered for best movie slash miniseries actress. Stephen Moffat for best movie slash miniseries writing. And Rachel Talley for best movie slash miniseries directing. Whew, Whoa, that was a mouthful. Jesus. Um, yeah. I hope to. I hope at least. I hope at least Capaldi. I want Capaldi to get it because honestly. He, he really did nail it out of the park for twice upon time. Oh, yeah. I, I hope he gets some recognition. Why I think they went for best TV movie is that it's a less um, competitive category than, say, um, like your, mm-hmm. your best ep- TV episode kind of thing. Like, Sherlock won it for Abominable Bride for uh, best TV movie back. In 2014, I don't know. Whenever, yeah. whenever it came, whenever it was aired, it got an Emmy for that. So it's very, very possible that Doctor Who may get the same treatment. We'll see. Matter of time. Um, yeah, that concludes miscellaneous. We still have two categories to Whoa. go. We still have two categories to go. <laughs> so former showrunners. So this is. Oh, let's go. Yes, let's go. Let's just get straight into this. So. Uh, this is going to be heavily comprised of the event where Russell T Davies and Moffat uh, had published they published novelizations of episodes they wrote. So Russell 
He novelised Rose, uh, mm-hmm. and Moffat novelised The Day of the Doctor. Yes. So, what is interesting about these things is that uh, in the novelization of Rose, they included, or he included, future incarnations of the Doctor during that, you know, that whole Clive scene? Yep. Yeah, so they just he just added more Doctors in that. So, uh, I've even got a bit of a quote if you're interested in that. Like a quote from the mm-hmm. book? Yeah, an excerpt, an excerpt, that's it. I was thinking, it's like, it's not a quote, it's an excerpt. Anyway, so the scene goes... Rose saw a photo of a man with a fantastic jaw, dressed in a tweed jacket and bow tie. Then Clive kept the sequence going. An older, angry man in a brown caretaker's coat, holding a mop. A blonde woman in braces, running away from a giant frog in front of Buckingham Palace. A tall, bald black woman wielding a flaming sword. A young girl or boy in a high-tech wheelchair with what looked like a robot dog at their side. Take from that what you will. <laughs> huh. That's very obscure but interesting writing. So, so what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the last the, on the last three? So a blonde woman embraces running away from a giant frog in front of Buckingham Palace. Obviously that's a thirteenth Doctor reference. But Giant Frog in front of Buckingham Palace. Would you watch that <laughs> as an episode? Yes, I would. Easily. It's kind of weird because it kind of reminds me of um, Blink, that whole side story that's never ever touched upon where the Doctor and Martha are in like current day and they've got to stop some sort of like, infestation from happening. Kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, let's go to the last two of those. So a tall, black, a tall, bald black woman wielding a flaming sword. I don't know what to make of that. I have no idea. I want to see it. Can I see it? Can someone get on that? <laughs> Okay, if you're gonna do that, who would you like to see play that incarnation? The um, oh jeez, the tall bald black woman. Tall bald. Can I say? Uh, can I say Oprah? If you want to, is that okay? I'm gonna say Oprah. Okay, Oprah. Oprah is the fourteenth <laughs> Doctor confirmed. Okay. Woo! All right, a young girl or boy in a high tech build. Why is there a confusion? Why is it a young girl or boy? You can't tell. You could decide. Maybe he's, um, or she is, uh, what's the word? Uh, when you can't, damn it. What's the word where you don't know between him? Hold on, oh, it'll come to me. <laughs> I don't know. Continue. Is it gender fluid? Is that what the term is nowadays? I'm... No, no, it's like, uh. Oh, like androgynic or something like that? That's it, androgynous, right. Yeah, yeah Yes. Yeah. Maybe it's an androgynous, Nick. Jeez, okay. come on. <laughs> it's a bit, of a bit hard to say oh maybe it's a George's when I told you the word <laughs> but yeah so a young girl or boy in a high tech wheelchair okay interesting with what will look like a robot dog on their side so that's presumably a canine reference mm-hmm. yeah uh, I don't know I don't know I like the idea of the, the the flaming sword black woman I'd love to see Oprah holding up <laughs> Oprah with a flaming sword <laughs> the oh man Mwah, that'd be great but yeah, not fan the last one. But to be fair, these are just like hypothetical scenarios. That's it's, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just divulging into fan fiction. Um. Then we have Moffat novelizing Day of the Doctor. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> this is this is going to be interesting because he changed a lot of things. Not like not like big major plot things, but just 
you just change things that may or may not uh, annoy the fan base. So I'm going to go through these one by one, and you tell me um, what you think of them. So there are uh, Moffat included river song scenes, um, such as a bathtime yes. meeting between the Tenth Doctor and herself. Yes, I don't care. It has Alex Kingston in it, so I say yes. Well, I mean, it doesn't, but it does. It, it, so, it makes yeah. sense, actually, in the context of uh, Forest of the Dead, because he's like, mm-hmm. your eyes are so much younger. Like, he, he was... Uh, Riversong was fully aware that uh, Tennant was the Doctor, but that she'd seen him in, like, an older kind of state, you know? So that actually kind of makes a lot of sense, if, if like, in hindsight, and just... It would have been weird, though, because, like, where would, that, where would you fit that in the episode, though? Like, like, compare that to the TV episode. Where would you fit that? Um, I'm sure he worked it out, right? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I haven't got the book. Like, I haven't actually read the entire book. Yeah, yeah episodes, no. But, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting knowing that that's been incorporated. Um, okay, so you're, you're, you're okay with that. So, yep. in the, the Black Archive, you can see posters from Cushing's, Peter Cushing's Doctor Who films. Um, this was the thing that actually, like, I know this for a fact that they, he, uh, Moffat actually tried to get this happening in the actual TV episode itself, but due to rights mm-hmm. issues, he couldn't actually get it. That would be in that section where, um, Clara gets the Vortex manipulator. If you remember that scene. Yeah. 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 So that in that room would have been where the posters are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a little bit of an excerpt, uh, uh about this scene. So... Seeing them, he loves them, Kate Stewart explains to Clara. He loaned Peter Cushing a waistcoat for the second one. They were great friends. Though we only started realising that when Cushing started showing up in movies made long after his death. That is one of the... What the hell? <laughs> that is a great question, but it's a nice little cute nod to uh, Rogue One, if you remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... So yeah, that was one of the things that that was included. Uh, so <laughs> this is what I think might annoy some people. The reason the first two Doctors episodes, like you know how um, Hartnell and Troutons were all black and white, mm-hmm. the reason for it was because they were colorblind. Okay. <laughs> What are your thoughts on that? As a, as a justification as to why the the first two Doctor's errors were black and white, you you okay with that? You okay with that? Because yes, I wasn't, in like a stupidly absurd way. Yeah, like like I can't really take that seriously. But you know what? Fine, whatever. Okay, so in the in the episode itself, um, you, obviously the the Doctor saves Gallifrey through the use of a a uh, stasis cube. Uh, but in the novelization, they actually gave a reason as to why the Time Lords were reluctant to be put in a stasis cube. Uh, the reason being, it could cause hundreds of natural disasters on Gallifrey. Would you have liked to see that being played out in the episode itself? Yes or no? Whether it works or not, I think I would have liked to see that, just out of curiosity's sake. <laughs> but not sure about it working. If you catch, like, what do you think? I actually kind of wanted to see, like, natural disasters happening on Gallifrey and some sort yeah. of, like, 
Doctor conflict that even though he did end up saving his planet, it may have cost more lives. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a lose-lose battle, but in, in the end, he did the right thing, which I kind of kind of wanted to see. I kind of like the idea of mm-hmm. Gallifreyans, like, not, not, not exactly praising the Doctor. Like, he did the right thing in hindsight, but it's like the needs the few... The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few kind of mentality. Yeah, it's kind of more of a reason why I wanted to see that. Just mm-hmm. so the Doctor doesn't get his complete uh, happy ending kind of. Ment- you know what I mean? Make make yeah, some sort of like consequence to to you to to shrinking a giant ass planet into a stasis cube. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's that is my thoughts. Uh, have you got any any more thoughts about that before we get to the last one? No. Um, and the last thing that he included, which is probably to the shock of zero people, uh, hundreds of TARDISes came to save the day instead of just 13. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't know about that one. <laughs> you don't like the idea of like all of the incarnations coming to save Gallifrey instead of just the ones we already knew? I guess so. I just thought... I mean, I guess it's sort of like... Like, that makes sense. Um, like, why would only does. 13 incarnations come to save the Doctor? I just think it's, like, a nice sort of, I don't know, like a reflective sort of thing, but I get why it would make more sense with, obviously. <laughs> Could you just imagine everyone. the amount of, like, like hundreds of TARDISes in this one area? Yeah, like, like, it'd be like oh my god, what? Even see, it'd just be, like, blue, and you'd be like, what? Not blue, but, like, you, you wouldn't be able to see... I, it'd just be covering the screen. I feel like it'd be, like, stupidly <laughs> I just imagine, like, the, the quote, and it was like, it's like, oh, three doctors I didn't know so well off. It's like, no, sir, all 147. <laughs> 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 you just see, like, only TARDIS disappear on the screen. Oh, I would have loved oh that. God. Just, like, a shits and giggles thing, just, like, a deleted take, and they just, like, try to put as many TARDIS on the screen as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Like not included the episode, but I would love to just sing like a, like a delete, oh, yeah. deleted thing. Just oh, that was so oh yeah, good. No, definitely. Um, but yeah, so those are all the things that he adjusted to uh, the day of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that same thing. A photo was taken of Russell T Davies and Moffat staring down Michael Michael Grade. Uh, do you know who Michael Grade is? Before I tell you why this. No, I do not. Michael Grade Educate was the me. BBC head of drama back in 1989 when Doctor Who was axed. Interesting. So he was a, a guy responsible for actually axing the classic series of the show. What a lovely man. So, so that's why they did the whole playful we thing where him. like Michael Grade's staring at the picture like wide-eyed as Davis <laughs> and Moffat just stare him down from the side. That's great. <laughs> it's very in jest, but yeah. Uh, that was a that was a very like I remember that photo being tweeted a lot like a lot of people uh, on Twitter at least that I know um, saw that picture. Uh, a couple more things. Rusty Davis will never write another Doctor Who episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thought that might hurt you. Thought that might hurt you. But like, in regards to the sure. context, is just like uh he's set his title Doctor Who. It's time to move on. I think it's probably going to be the same thing in regards to Moffat. I think he's had his run on Doctor Who and he probably won't ever write for it again, you know? Especially when you just you write, like, how many episodes do you think Russell wrote? About 40? 
Like, yeah, you just eventually get right. tired, you know? Everything you've done is probably done during your era. Mm-hmm. Same with Moffat. He's re- he wrote, for like, what, six series, you know? Yeah. I can understand just being burnt out just be like, just watching as a fan. Like, I don't doubt, don't doubt these people still watch Doctor Who, but I can understand them not just contributing another episode mm-hmm. as a result. Um... Uh, Russell T. Davies and Moffat spoke to Graham Norton on his Radio Two show. Uh, the thing that's, they, they obviously this was a, this is all about the book the book thing that I was mentioning at the beginning. So, um, mm-hmm. so they were obviously promoting the new books, but um, Graham Norton actually asked what monsters they would like to see uh, appear back at Doctor Who. Uh, <laughs> if you're not too familiar with the classic series, these may go over your head. Um, but Russell T. Davies uh, wanted to see back the Crotons. Uh, they were a classic monster from the second Doctor's era, uh, mm-hmm. from the episode of the same name, the Crotons. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas Moffat wants to see the worm from the story of the Ark in Space. <laughs> this just goes to show how really fanboy they are in regards to the classic <laughs> series. <laughs> that they'd go for the Crotons and a character from the Ark in Space. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that that concludes the former showrunners part, which means we only have Series one topic 11. left to go, and it's probably going to be the longest of the three. <laughs> <laughs> you ready about this? Series 11 talk. Oh, boy. <laughs> Series 11 talk. So we have... We, we know all of the directors... For series 11, not including the Christmas special because that's still rumored and I'll get to that very shortly. But in regards to episodes 1, 7, 9, and 10, Jamie Childs mm-hmm. will be directing those episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, he's previously known for directing Stanley's Lucky Man. Like when I went through the IMDb, that was there on the restored out. Um,. Uh, you check the IMDb stuff if there's anything that may you may recognize, but I doubt it. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, episodes two and three will be directed by Mark Tonderai. Uh He's previously known for directing the movie The House at the End of the Street, which um, uh, it wasn't that good. It really wasn't oh. that good, not in my opinion. Oh god! Uh, and some episodes of oh, Gotham. God. Okay, so not a good. So before I get to the last two, so what are your thoughts on the two directors so far? Skeptical. <laughs> Sounds like serious, <laughs> in a nutshell. Skeptical. No, I'm not skeptical about the show series. I mean, just the I directors. am, but you aren't. You cynical bastard. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, okay, so oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this so wrong. So the next one, um, Sally Abrahamian, <laughs> I think I got that right. She'll be directing episodes four and six. Uh, so I think she's probably the most experienced of the, of the four, which says a lot. But she's mm-hmm. been known, uh, she's been previously known to direct episodes of EastEnders, Casualty, oh. a nice, n- nice Casualty reference again, eh? eh? And uh, The Bill, which is that whole, which is that British cop show. 
brilliant. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not nervous at all about this. Well, Duh. I'm actually, I'm not kidding. I'm more excited about this last one. So, the final director, uh, episodes five and eight, uh, her name is okay. Jennifer Perrett. Hope I got that right. Some, you'll find out in a second why I hope I got that right. She's previously mm-hmm. known for directing episodes of Home and Away and Offspring. She is Australian. Ozzy. She Offspring, is Australian. From, from what I hear, Offspring is a good show. Couldn't tell us about Home and Away, but she's Australian. So, that's exciting. Yeah, that's why uh, I'm most anticipated about her, because I'm like, holy shit, we have an Australian director they again. They chose her for a reason. She must be talented, because she's Ozzy. Oh, who was the one from last season? Shit. I feel bad, because I met the guy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, just... I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm <laughs> So this is going to be the second, second Australian director in two seasons. Uh, Damn. He had the long name too. I'm so sorry. He will never see this, so it won't matter. But like, I feel bad that I forgot his name. But the point I is... I hope he's watching, j- j- just for your sake. <laughs> he's going to be like, shit, doesn't know who I am. We haven't met him. But um, yeah, so two Australian directors in two concurrent series. That's impressive. Um... That's actually amazing. Yeah. So, tying into that very nicely, Rachel Talalay was asked to direct... Talalay. ...was asked to direct this series, uh, but turned it down at the time due to personal reasons. Mm-hmm. However, she has left herself open to direct episodes in the future. Yay. She's not gone from us. Never say That's never, so boy. Happy. Never say Whoa. never. Yeah, I, I really hope that uh, Series 12, I would love to see Talalay come back just to see how she would go. Actually, she directed the the, uh, um, the regeneration sequence pretty good, so I, w- I want to know where they would go um, in regards to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the leaked footage. 53-second yes. leaked footage was released online. I haven't seen it. I don't believe you've seen Me it neither. No. No, I would not have voluntarily watched leaked footage. How, it's, if it's called leaked footage, then I am not <laughs> jumping on that bandwagon. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, so neither of us have seen it. Uh, I'm aware of what it involves because I read stuff. You're a needy bastard. <laughs> it's just, I think, but from what I understand, it's just like a 53-second clip that happens from the first episode. That's all I know. Okay. Um, all right. Regardless, the BBC have actually responded by taking legal action to determine who was responsible for the leak. Like, I've actually good gone to court to find out who's responsible. Yes, good. Sue those bastards. Yeah, I, I'm fully, I'm fully, one hundred percent on board with this. It's Doctor Who in leaks. Um, uh, they've been quite uh, familiar in in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the only thing that was leaked. A bunch of images were actually released were um, uh, released onto a guy's portfolio that show oh. images from the, ser- the the upcoming series, but uh, were quickly taken down as a result. But uh, I actually do have some of the pictures. Uh, <laughs> it has, and it's weird because those pictures have actually got me more excited for. Um, the show than the trailers have, but we will get to that. We will <laughs> get to that. Um, yeah, so legal action has been taken by the BBC. 
Um, so yeah, you're you're fully 100% with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. All right, and we'll segueing very very nicely into the second part of this series of talk. So, uh, Doctor Who Comic Con happened. Like, sorry, Doctor Who panel at Comic Con happened. It was on Thursday, the nineteenth of July, at eleven forty-five a.m. Pacific time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the panel consisted of Jodie Whittaker, Tosin Cole, Manda Gill, showrunner Chris Chibnall, and executive producer Matt Strevens. Uh, Chris Harvick was set to moderate the panel. Uh, however, obviously dropped out after the sexual assault allegations were put out against him. Uh, mm-hmm. So the moderating was taken over by IGN member Terry Schwartz. Um, yeah. So that is that is very um, that was that was a very interesting panel, and I'll get to that in a second. But the, mm-hmm. before we get to the whole Comic Con thing, let's talk about the successor to Murray Gold, because yes, in the previous episode, I've stated that I've been concerned that you like voice of concern. I've always got concerns. Whenever somebody's been like, "This is it for me, goodbye," you're just like. Uh, like even more. Yeah, before. I'm just like, like oh, you're not shopping. But uh, that said, uh, Sagan Akinola, he will be the new composer for like for this for series eleven, and presumably mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, I like his stuff. I, I've listened to his SoundCloud. I like his stuff. I don't think he'll reach the heights of Murray Gold, but to say that impossible. That's, it's going to be very, very lose our hard to, to try and top Murray Gold music. Uh, that said... We can't lose our hope on the poor lad. That said, I wish him luck on that. <laughs> <laughs> that was really like, like, you know, I wish him luck. Like a really like, backhand kind of <laughs> I hope he does well, but fuck him. You know? <laughs> Jesus, Nick. Yeah, no, time will tell if he actually, um, if he's good, like he performs with the sci-fi uh, scenarios kind of thing. But, um, yes, mm-hmm. so, according, <laughs> he will also have, oh my god, I hate this, the wording of this, he will have a fresh take on the legendary theme tune. Ooh, legendary. <laughs> the legendary theme tune. I agree about I'm legendary. Excited. I can't stand the, the one thing fresh, we're not in the 90s, okay? Fresh. The one thing he can do to really just, like, say, I'm not my gold fuckers, is to give a, a new take. I'm not gonna say fresh, that's stupid. A new take. On yeah, the, I, I know what they, got, what they mean, but I just don't like the fact that they had to use fresh. Nick is so cynical that, he, that he's currently ranting over a word, guys. <laughs> you, you oh, believe me. You think this is bad. I'm going to get nitpicky very, very soon. Don't you worry about that. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, just... I just I find it weird that they say fresh. Like, when I, you know, like, sometimes a person tries too hard to be cool. That's what it comes across <laughs> Yo, as. fresh dog... Yeah, that's what it sort of comes so across as. Sick. It feels like it's trying too hard. And that'll tie nicely into Comic Con. But again, hey, we'll get there. Hey, hey, stop talking. <laughs> you prick. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun to be mean. Mm. Okay. It's all in, it's all in <laughs> jest. Alright. Speaking of uh, things we don't like, let's talk about the Series 11 teaser trailer. Not the trailer right. from Comic Con, the teaser trailer. Keyword there, fuckers. Teaser. It's teaser, bitch. Okay. Let's no. let's Sorry. talk about this teaser trailer. So, what do what you, did you think about it, Nick? Now, I want to hear your oh. thoughts because you probably. I my thoughts. like it visually, but it's a teaser, so nothing really happened, 
and all the companions made weird faces. <laughs> and that's my thoughts on the teaser trailer. <laughs> okay. Nick. Alright, my opinion is it was a menu log ad with uh, Doctor Who brand new on it. You prepare that, didn't you? Uh, I thought about it for a while as to how I describe it. <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this in the in the podcast, and I'm gonna sound so fucking cynical. But seriously, the no. amount of advertising of food they've had, they had in that trailer, like in that TV trailer. Real- what? Why? Why is there Unless- so much food? Unless the Series 11 arc is about food. Yeah, don't you dare I include food no. in the teaser trailer if it's not going to be important in the actual series, okay? If, if, if Journey the... Rika does, re- uh, does not regenerate into a pizza, <laughs> I don't want to hear about no, it. No, the antagonist is going to be like a walking, like, I don't know, cheese stick or something. Like, it'll be... That's the only way I can see it happening. <laughs> Absorbaloff, eat your heart out, literally. <laughs> the Absorbaloff returns. Get in my belly. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Why did I just Mike Myers plays the Absorbaloff. <laughs> Let's be honest, that's the natural progression. It goes Peter K, Mike Myers. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, oh my good grief. But yeah, no, visually I enjoyed it. Music was fine. I think what annoyed me was, first of all, the fact that this is the first thing we see after like months of silence. Oh, yeah, it's a really. Un- Obviously, you can't match hype. But as far yeah, as... Yeah, but of, it's not, not hype. It's just the first thing I we guess, get is just three people eating food I or watching TV. It's like... Tonally, it didn't really garner excitement because as a teaser, it wasn't really, you know, woohoo, season 11, let's go, guys. It was more like, ooh. Yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't worth staying We're up until 2 a.m. for, put it that way. It wasn't worth yeah. staying up We're, early in the morning. We're past the ooh, season 11. We want... Yes, get hyped. Yeah, Show us that's the thing. Epic, epic explosions and and like slow mo shots and whatever the fuck you want to do. I don't care. You know, I think it was just the wrong sort of approach. Even if you show us nothing, make it look cool and make it look like an awesome version of nothing. I think is what. Yeah, I agree. It also doesn't help that the, the <laughs> and I can't believe this is a thing. The teaser trailer for the teaser trailer. <laughs> Can we just point it out? Why on earth did you have a teaser trailer for a teaser trailer? Right, okay. Hold on. It was a 12 I second thing with the Doctor Who logo, and that was it. And they were like, oh, trailer coming Sunday. And that was the trailer. And they say. In, I think that's stupid, don't worry. Yeah, in the, in the description of that, it even says official trailer. It doesn't say teaser trailer, because if it did, I would have definitely expected, like, tempered my expectations a little bit. <laughs> but the, the audacity to have a, a 12 second trailer for a 51 second teaser trailer amazes me mm-hmm. yeah just I think it would have annoyed me less if they hadn't built it up so much and I think it was the wrong thing to hype hype us a, you can show us a trailer trailer but not a teaser trailer trailer no sorry not a teaser trailer teaser trailer like if Wait, that Comic Con trailer was what we got at, like Comic Con, we've is what we got during the World Cup. I would have been fine with that. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we got. <laughs> so I've got <laughs> I've got to address it for what it was. Yeah, fair enough. Um, as I said, visually it's fine. Music, as little as it was, I didn't mind it. But yeah, underwhelming was the consensus. Like what <laughs> what the majority of Twitter and myself thought of that. Uh huh. 
but then they were, I like the, the the backlash, and I was like, oh, don't you worry, more things coming Thursday. I think that was just like, <laughs> the temper the. The, the amount of outrage that came from the... They knew that we were going to like it. Like, guys, it's okay. There's more to come. We know you're pissed off at us. All right? Relax. Yep. Oh, jeez. All right. Um, so, let's talk about the Series 11 actual trail. You go right. first. I liked it. Yeah, off you go. Is that it? You have an entire, <laughs> you have an entire thing to work with. You're like, I liked it. <laughs> Um, Honestly, the reason why I didn't dislike the teaser trailer was because we saw Jody make a face. So no shit, I like this one. Like, I think, as cynical as you are, the one thing I know you will say is that the only thing get it keeping you hyped for the show is Whitaker. Tell me you agree. Oh, Tell yeah, I have no problem with Whitaker. But my problem is how they're going about um, promoting Series yeah. 11. Oh, God, no. Some of the best films in the world had terrible marketing, so remember that. <laughs> I, I'm not best. doubting that, but the whole point <laughs> of like you you want people to be excited Obviously. for series eleven, the first series that's going to have a female doctor. But you should what? make people excited, and my problem I is think that this... I don't feel I don't feel that excitement still. So was... you didn't feel anything after this trailer. I feel more than I did from the teaser trailer, but that's that's very very little. <laughs> well, I'm hyped. I'm, I'm, actually I'm still going to watch it, but my problem is there's only, there's what there's, there's only two reasons for why we've seen so little about series eleven. Either there's a lot of surprises, or there's not a lot of show. My hope is the first one, but my fear is the second one. See, my only issue, despite your issue ridden thing yeah yeah is the four compa- is the three companions that's my only issue the only time multiple ca- uh, um, in, in, in New Who multiple uh, companions have worked well is because we've introduced one focused on that one and then brought another one in the mix yeah that, that's why it worked but we're, we're getting three off the bat and even though there's a shot in the trailer where you can see the four running across this path next to, like, this, like, farm-type house. And I don't know why, but I love this shot. I think it's just, like, Doctor Who in a nutshell. Um, and even though I love seeing four people running, that scares me. There's four people you need to Actually, establish. Actually, I will, I, will, I will admit that wholeheartedly. The best part of the trailer for me was that bit where they ran past the house. It looked like it was like an older day It's such thing. a weird thing to love, but it's just... That felt the most Doctor, Doctor Who, Who in that trailer. That one they're, short. Like, they're running. Like, it's just, yes, you know? I just, visuals, what you th- yeah, visuals mean, uh, like a good, are a good thing, but they mean nothing if the rest of the Dude, show doesn't work about, around that. How about Jody, like, with that freaking flamethrower, or whatever the hell that was? What do you think about that? I don't know what it is. I think it's a flamethrower. I don't remember this scene. I got to rewatch it. I don't remember this scene. Okay, you know, I'm watching it now, just so I remember everything. And it's just like a two second bit, not even two seconds. Yeah. Where she seems to be like using like this. Anyway. Anyway. I also feel like that was a kind of a problem. So one of the biggest problems I had with the main trailer. Uh, sorry, Violet, before you, before I do. So have you, is there anything else you want to talk about in regards to the, the, the main trailer? What do you think of the sort of theme of the trailer, I guess? 
like J- what do you mean Jody's by theme though over. what do you mean by theme like not theme of the trailer like um like the way she sort of like establishes everything in her voiceover like hold on I'll, I'll get the quote hold on the bit where she like talks about yeah I like that I like the fact that I could hear Whitaker actually talk and I presume it's actually yeah, from like, the series yeah, like, I love I love that that's probably the second. That's be... probably my second favorite bit of the trailer. Is the narration? <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> my two favorite things to come from the trailer were them running past a building and the narration. <laughs> so so very weird things to love, but they're the only two things that really stood out as things that I really enjoyed. But I'll still mm-hmm. I still have a problem with the narration, and I will get to that. Yeah. But okay, I will let you go. My praise, obviously. Can't do anything against your cynicism. So. <laughs> I'm no, kidding. I, I want to say that I, I want to make this quite clear. If the te- if that trailer that we got at Comic Con was the teaser trailer we got for the World Cup, and we didn't get a trailer at Comic Con, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, but the Fair way enough. that they marketed it up up until that point is what really bugged me. The fact that yeah. we got a, a, a teaser trailer for a teaser trailer that promotes the main trailer. It also mm-hmm. doesn't help that the main trailer is exactly the same length as the teaser trailer. <laughs> Batum, they are both 51 seconds. But we see so, so, so much more. Like It is, that's true, we do. Are, but 90% of these clips are one second, which sort of hypes me up, because I'm not seeing a lot, but we're seeing a lot. And that's sort of why I'm so hyped, because I guess we're seeing the how vast, hopefully vast, this season will be in terms of, uh, you know tone and time and I don't know I'm excited but I'll let you go <laughs> I told you Just I told it, you there'd be rants I told you I warned you that <laughs> I, I warned George before we started I was you like say expect yeah. praise and expect a shit ton of rants and this is the rants that I'm talking about so mm-hmm. yeah no the idea of having the main trailer be the exact same length as the teaser trailer kind of negates the idea of the first one being the teaser trailer because mm-hmm. there needs to be some sort of differentiation between the main trailer. Like, even if it was, like, a minute 30 and the teaser trailer was 50, 51 seconds, I could justify that. But the fact that they are verbatim the same <laughs> length against <laughs> the idea of the mm-hmm. first one being called a teaser trailer and the one we got yeah. at Comic-Con not being a teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> that's my main grievance with, the, with how they've run that. Um... The other thing, and this is something that was addressed in the panel itself, the obsession of calling the companions friends now. Why? Yes, that's interesting. Um, I like it, to be honest. I hope it's sort of this closeness, even if really the companions were friends. I guess it's sort of this sort of way of rebranding the show even if this is a bit weird I mean this is a weird way of doing it I think it's like you know we've had companions all this time well guess what they're friends now that's the thing do you get what I mean it just feels a little forced like I look at like the data between uh, Amy Amy Rory and the Doctor in the series 5 and I can Mm -hmm. understand that they are friends I look at uh, Susan um 
Oh, Ian and Barbara, and I can tell that they are friends. Yeah. You don't need to tell me that they're friends. The idea of calling them companions is because they accompany the Doctor on their adventures. It's not meant to belittle yeah. them. It's just how they are classified in relation to the show. There is the Doctor, and then there are his companions. It's not, it's not like assistants. It's companions, because that's what they are. Calling them friends feels so unnecessary and I don't understand well I do understand why because um, Chibnall talks about it but it still doesn't change my mm-hmm. opinion of it being an unnecessary thing to change change is fine change is good but when it's unnecessary that's when it gets on my nerves <laughs> um, would you like me to actually explain why what he thinks? so in the panel he says uh, he prefers friends as it's a bit more natural uh, but is in no way a rule or edict from now on. That's it. That's I what he I'm... says. And I'm like, what? I guess, since it's, he's not enforcing it, and, you know, I think companion, c- companion hasn't really been like a formal, because we've seen all these companions and, and they're, they're very natural, so I don't, I guess I get it, but I don't get it because the companions we've seen so far have been nothing short of natural. So it's the bit at the end though that really we- that makes it weird. It's like, but it's in no way a rule or edict from now on. So why make it a big deal now if you have no problems changing yeah. back to companions in series? 12? I guess maybe just the way he <laughs> wants it to present, like the way he wants to refer it. I don't know. I can't explain it. It's weird. <laughs> As I said, I have grievances, but I try to at least justify my grievances. I, I want to make sure. I want to make it very clear. I will watch every ser- every episode of series eleven. I may like it, I may not. I have grievances, but I try my best to not come across as too petty. I always feel like my, my grievances have some sort of justification. No, you're, you're not petty at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but people can and probably will to some extent, and I can understand that. See my, my yeah. points as, i just nitpicking on problems. Every everything has problems, but I still love the show for what it is. My honestly, my biggest concern, besides the writing, besides the performances, by anything else, my concern is that I watch Doctor Who and it's no longer the show that I remember it is. Mm-hmm. That that's my honestly my biggest fear. So it's too much change for your liking. Yeah, it, it's like. Yeah, that's probably my biggest fear out of all of this is that I, I I, go to the end of the series and I'm like, this isn't the show that I remember watching it for the past 50 years and I fall out. And I don't want that because Doctor Who means so much to me. Yeah. That I just don't want it. I, it's not that I don't want it ruined. I just... It, I don't want to feel like a wolf in sheep's clothing. That's that's the, my, biggest, my biggest take from that is that. Yeah, okay. So do you think, I just think, I don't know. I know it's way more of a drastic change than that of um, Davies to Moffat. Like, this is way bigger in comparison. But I think given how the last two seasons have been a mixed bag. Yeah, I understand. I I understand the point of the change. I don't don't negate the fact that change wasn't necessary. I get the point Mm -hmm. of the change. I, I almost just feel like... For a show about change, there is actually a possibility of causing too much change to the point that you alienate your fan base. Fair enough. Yeah. 
I, I see that. I see how the sh- I, th- I, th- I see how the the introduction of a female doctor will bring so many new people. But as for the existing, like, I feel like I that change how... that change on its own. Like that, that I feel like change of the gender is not a problem, but that's still quite a big change. And a lot of people mm-hmm. just from that have turned off. I'm not one of those. Yeah, but just on that, a lot of people have turned off because of that. I feel like it could have stuck with the one companion and sort of banked a show on that we have a female doctor now, she's great, and sort of introduced the, the other changes maybe if the season first season was great, you know? My issue with the changes, even though I love change in this, in this case, is that they could have spaced out what they want to do instead of saying, okay, first season with, with Whitaker, we're going to do all of this. Yep. Instead of saying, what, why don't we just do this, 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 and then maybe if the season works out, we'll do this, you know? My main issue, obviously, is the three companions, um, and a, a lot of talent, obviously, change. But you know, I have to try and stay optimistic, so that I can balance it out from your cynicism. So yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Like, I'm a cynic, like not intentionally, just just happens. But mm-hmm. but if you think about it, like we have new Doctor, new companions, new format of companions, uh-huh. new format of the show. It's no longer the 12 episodes. It's now 10 minutes. Now they're longer. Yes. Hopefully uh, that will we have benefit the new new count. rendition of the theme tune, new composer as a result. Yeah. Um, presumably, oh, obviously, new title sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have, well, stuff that's been said. There are no two-parters, and that also is a problem because do you remember the last time the Doctor Who had no two-parters in a series? Do you remember this? I didn't. I do not. When was this? Series 7 was the last okay. time there have been no okay. two buttons. See? That was a pretty poor season. However, I give up. <laughs> and the problem with Series stuff. 7 for a lot of the episodes was pacing. Yeah. And I, I, I don't see... Do you think these 10 minutes will fix no. it? No. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> see it happening. The whole point of the two-parter was that we can flesh out characters. We can add tension. The cliffhanger wasn't yeah. the, wasn't the part. It was just it allowed the episodes to breathe. Like how how yeah. problematic would the empty child be if that was just a single episode? Yeah, you can't you can't see I can't see that happening. Uh, like even like I have problems with RTD's error. You you know that I know that. But one mm-hmm. thing I really liked was that for for as many single part episodes there were, you had. You're two parters though. Like, imagine Bad Wolf parting of the ways as a single part. How, how yeah, could you? It'd be, it'd be horrifying. You, you can't. There is there is so much in those two parters. To try to compress that down to a fifty minute episode would be impossible. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just another another part of the like a change that I'm just like why, why is that the case? Um. Yeah. So. Also, no, oh, not not fully clarified, but he's he implied that there will be no returning villains from the classic series. It's all going to be new. Change, <laughs> but like, I honestly don't even have a problem with that. Like. Obviously, you want to try and find your weeping angel, your silence, you know, your, your, your defining villain to work with, but... Yeah. 
This is more of what I'm getting at in regards to, like, alienating a fan base. <laughs> and I don't mean, like, including, like, I don't, not necessarily saying there has to be a Daleks in Series 11. I'm grateful that there will presumably be no Daleks in Series 11. But I still would mm-hmm. like to see them use, or have a nice balance between returning returning villains or characters and new characters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the idea of just um, all new all new villains is can be both a good and a bad thing. But as I said, there's always that potential of like, well, these villains don't work, and therefore you have a mediocre series as a result. You know, because you mm-hmm. have to build the the great thing about having a returning character uh, to a returning villain is that a lot of the a lot of the history has already been established for for a villain that you can just have them be the threat. We don't we don't need to know the backstory of the master because all these episodes in the past have done that for us. You know, we could just have the master be the threat. The Daleks, same thing. Cybermen, same thing. But by introducing a new villain every week, you have mm-hmm. to just you have to set up a sense of history now with with these villains that ultimately mm-hmm. takes away from the time that they could be a potential threat. Yeah. So it can pay off. You can have the silence or you can have something like Cube Man from The Power of Thorin. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 Do you, you get what I'm I mean? the episode. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, and I chose the Cube Man because that's a chill episode there. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I did not hate that episode. That had been worse. I'm sticking for my man, Chibnall. I'm not saying that's over bad, but you get what I mean, though. Like, yeah, how much do you I really do. know about Q-Man apart from the fact that he's responsible for putting It was a metaphor for the for the trio that was a... I give up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... I don't know. That, that 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 is another another grievance into mm-hmm. my things. Um, I, I obviously because of the fact that there's going to be no uh, returning characters. Apparently, we don't. Know this yeah. Bad, but apparently, uh, that it's obviously going to be a good entry point of the show. Obviously, <laughs> of course it is. Why wouldn't <laughs> it be? Um, but yeah. So if you have fans of Doctor Who that don't really get into Doctor Who, obviously Series 11 would be a good starting point. Um, I don't have much, much to say about that. I, I only say that as a good thing. The idea of it being a starting point. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you there. I think having it as a starting point is just... I don't know. I thought you'd be more cynical against this, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with the idea of it being a good entry point. I don't... I, I don't mm-hmm. I also feel like Series 10 also realised that and kind of did that with the pilot, but obviously yeah. by changing so much, obviously it's a better way of uh, not having to worry about previous continuity. and So that's the thing, right? So obviously all this new stuff is happening, which makes it good for new fans, but obviously that's my problem is that you could potentially be alienating mm-hmm. the old ones matter of a time as to how Chibnall chooses to to play the, play this game 
Yeah. <laughs> I say that it's like this is a video, it's like a video game, but it's not. It's just a fan base is a very important thing. There are so many things you can do right, but there are so many things you can do wrong. And I would hate. Yeah, of course. I could not. As bad as much as I dislike, much as I'm concerned about Chivalry Zero, I would hate to be in this position. <laughs> I'd oh, love God, to be in no. it, but I'd hate. The pressure it. on him is is monumental. Exactly, like. he has so much to prove, and there are so many things that can go wrong, as I've pointed out. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to talk about something positive. Okay, I'm going to talk about <gasps> something positive. Whoa, whoa! I like the new Sonic Screwdriver. Looks like a dildo, but whatever. <laughs> well, I didn't think that you'd be the cynical one out of all that. <laughs> I'm not cynical. Who says d- d- dildos are bad, Nick? Huh? Oh, there you go. It depends on what you use it Cash. for, I guess. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, happy. you're so funny. Yep. <laughs> um, but no, I, I like the look of the Sonic Screwdriver. Um, yeah. It actually looks a lot different to... Uh, the past three, which is a good thing. It's one of the only yes. good changes that I've really liked so far. With the <laughs> screwdriver. Although, although I hate the picture with the picture with like um, with with a uh, Whitaker holding it. What is with that stuff in the background? Why is it so cluttered? It's this is this is it's, my petty it's, thing. It, it's, it, Nick, it's space. Okay, it's sci-fi. Why you is have, have all the colorful shit. Why the, what, what is this bubbly stuff that's happening? Don't get it. What are you doing? I here? hope it looks like the way it looks in the show. I mean, in that picture, more so than it looks in that Comic Con thing, because it looks too like I don't know. Doesn't look too too happy to be here in the um, you know, in Whitaker's hand in the um, Comic Con. <laughs> everywhere else, it's fine. I don't know. It's probably just a bad picture. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we, we know a couple more things. One thing we don't know is the release mm-hmm. date. Still. Uh-huh. I don't know why. Why is there no release <laughs> date? Comic-Con Just tell like, us. Comic-Con is like the perfect place to announce shit. Why wouldn't you announce it there? What are you waiting for? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, Christmas special has been confirmed. Thank you. God for that, because mm-hmm. there were a lot of rumors suggesting that that would not be the case. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a positive. Thank you for keeping the Christmas specials, Chibnall. You've done something right. You didn't. You're not doing a new mm-hmm. thing. I'm, you're not doing like a Thanksgiving episode. So thank the Lord for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I told you they'd be ranting. Told you they'd be ready. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't really assume that it'd be this bad, did you? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, there's a couple more things. So we know. We, despite the fact we don't know the writers or the episode titles, we know that Chibnall is writing half of the episodes or five of them. Uh, the mm-hmm. other remaining five will comprise of two female and three male writers. Including the first people of color writers. Oh mm. shit! So that'll be like good. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah, good. Like so be it. Just make the make the episodes good. I don't care who writes it. If it's women, people of color, men, good. I've had my piece on this in the previous episodes. Just good. I just want to find out. Who's writing it? So I can look at their back catalogue. 
Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> scout out their, their work. <laughs> well, I did that with the directors, so it's it only fair enough. Um, and episode titles, because then I could speculate and be fun, and we could do an entire episode on that. <laughs> um, yeah. And what are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm you know I'm all for diversity, and as long as they are hired for their talent and not their color, then I am excited. Good. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you got your priorities straight there. Good. <laughs> Emphasis on all those words for a reason, buddy. <laughs> um, all right. So the last bit of news from Series 11. We are almost finished talking about the news. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Yeah. So we know that Yasmin, well, they say Yasmin. Mm-hmm. I think her name is Yasmin, who's played by Amanda Gill. She's 19 years old. She is from mm-hmm. Sheffield ooh, ooh, ooh. and is an absolute awe of the Doctor. Um, and then Ryan, who's played by Tosin Cole, is also 19 uh, and is someone who, quote, challenges the Doctor from time to time, gets it right sometimes, but wrong a lot of the time. Okay. And I'm like, isn't that just Mickey? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even it doesn't even help that it's played by a black guy. I mean, that's just how Mickey is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on the... the, the uh, we didn't get anything on Graham, by the way. I guess you're covering all grounds in terms of uh, re- relationships and attitudes with Doctor. But otherwise... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and we're going to end it on that note. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, that concludes all of the Doctor Who news... For the past two months. <laughs> Alright. Um, so, we're going to take a quick break. And then after this, we're going to do an update on something from the beginning of the year. We're going to look at how our anticipated movies of 2018 ended up. It's going to be very, very interesting. <laughs> you excited? I forgot my picks. <laughs> All right, see you after that. Everybody and welcome back to Bigger on the Inside. Thank you for joining us for part two. Uh, Ringo, you are here once again, I presume. Yes, I haven't left <laughs> in the middle. Of, I'm still here. <laughs> He's still trapped. We've kept him in the basement. He, he's not coming out for another two weeks. Anyway. Not, yeah, no. <laughs> don't worry, he's got his movies to keep him tied over. He'll be fine. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I live for this stuff. All right. Speaking of movies... That is obviously what you're here for, if you're listening to the yes, second part. Yes, the movie talk. So, mm. about two or three, I think that's three episodes ago, back in the beginning of the year, we did our top 20 anticipated movies for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had eight unanimous, and then both you and I had six unique pick, unique picks each. And um, Yes. Uh, George does not remember what picks his, his was. I'll figure it out. But um, I'm going to remind him because... Oh, you have mine. Yeah, I have See, everyone. 
Where would I be without this guy? In a ditch. I'm extremely organized. I'm extremely organized for this podcast. I've just I've got yeah. everything down to a T. This is this is Nick's passion project, and I'm in high school, so there's my excuses. Let's go. <laughs> but when it comes to uni, you better be. Prepared, when I'm mate. in uni, I'll be on this bandwagon more faster than you can say. Alonzi. There you go. Yeah, Thank that's good. Oh, all right. So um, I've got it in the order that we set it, but I think it'd be more interesting if we went from highest average to lowest average. For Here we go. Okay. All right. So let's start with our unanimous. You don't remember. Do you remember any of our unanimous picks? I'm sure I can remember a couple of the big ones. Okay. Yeah. So of the big ones, what do you think was the highest averaged? The, 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 um, the, I don't know. I want to say, did you pick Fallout 2? I did pick Fallout, yes. Then I want to say Fallout. Hasn't that been like skyrocketing the... um? things is that your prediction? Say, is that your prediction for the number one i know i'm wrong but it's the best movie that we picked so i'm gonna lock in all right well the number one lock it in. the number one pick of our unanimous and it's also the number one <laughs> i was like is that a tap running <laughs> um all right so another one unanimous which is also the highest for all three of us none of us tops this mission impossible fallout with an average of yes! 92 92 is its average. I called it. It's one of the best action movies ever made. So. I haven't seen it, but I'm I'm so I will wait. I'm because be I'm, happy, dude. I'm excited, man. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. I'm ho- I want this to be better than Ghost Protocol, and that's a tough it, task for me. It's like, better than Ghost Protocol, yeah, buddy. But your opinion is that you think Rogue Nation's better than Ghost Protocol. You know, it, like, well, it's Rogue a great film. Is better than Ghost Protocol. So yeah, but, but that's your opinion, right? Ghost I, Protocol is is some of the best sequences. Of all time, yeah. of of all the films, whereas Rogue Nation is the best scene in the franchise, and then other consistently great moments. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Cool. Okay. But um, yeah, Mission Impossible Fallout. Is my first. Average. Yeah. Uh, sorry, average dimension is 92. So its IMDb rating was 8.7, and its Rotten Tomatoes rating was 98. percent Cool, 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 cool. Um, so without spoiling anything, uh, why do you think this is justified as a number one pick? Because... Without spoiling anything. I... Okay. Be careful, boy. I haven't seen it. Fury Road and Fallout are two of the best action films of this decade. Fury Road and Fallout do not rely on CGI. Fury Road and Fallout are full of practical stunts. That... I'm not trying to make a prediction here, but maybe, just maybe, these in-camera, um, no CGI or limited CGI action films add to the intensity, add to the to the to the realism, add to the because it is real. That's probably why. That's probably why because it is real. <laughs> it's it's obviously it's bullshit, but you know it's real bullshit, and people if. Well, when people are actually throwing punches and actually crashing cars, it just escalates everything. And that's why I think Fallout is so damn good. Apart from it being, you know, a really well-developed film with characters as well as action, I think it's just... It's... You know how the the, the Mission Impossible film ha- films have, like, the one or two great set pieces each film? Yeah. Fallout has, like, four or five. It's filled with them. There will be... A moment, like, if you don't think it's, a, it's the best action film, one of the best action films of all time at this point, 
wait like 10 minutes or 20 minutes and you'll figure out that. Well, I'm going I'm to say for the record that I think Ghost Protocol is three that stand out. I, okay. The three that I'm talking about. So the first one is obviously the bit where Tom Cruise is on the side of the building. Yes. Uh, the second no, one, the one where they try to infiltrate the building and they use the whole screen. That? that was amazing. Yeah, no. And no, the no, third no. one's the bit where Tom Cruise is running away from the sandstorm. That was cool. Yeah. See what I mean? Three. I still think... Also, the bit with the cars. Scene... The bit with the cars at the end as well was also pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So the four. opera scene in Rogue Nation is still my favorite sequence in the entire franchise. Yep. But Fallout is just not Another level, basically. Because it has my favorite mask scene. I'm not going to say what happens. My favorite like mask, mask scene, scene in the franchise. Yep. It has my favorite opening, you know, with the with the match and the and the fire, like the, the flame going across as the theme starts playing. Yep. It has the coolest opening. Like it just because at the start at the start of the film, I'm not gonna lie, with Ro- with how Rogue Nation started. Yeah, yeah. When Fallout started, I was sort of like, okay, I I just I'm I'm not feeling at the moment. So it obviously but obviously then- tops Ghost Protocol's way of doing it with the with the telephone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, each, each, I, yeah, anyway. But <laughs> I'm just, after I'm just the, just, after the, yeah, I'm at the end, that. the opening bit yeah. of Fallout, I was like, okay, this is cool, I'm getting into this, and then something happens. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. And then the intro happens, and then from then on, it's just an upward spiral. It's just, and Ghost Fallout Call is great, but, Alec Baldwin's on in that movie, so okay. Good luck yeah, that's that probably movie. the only downside of Ghost Protocols. No Alec Baldwin. Okay, he was one of the best parts of Rogue Nation. Even though, Jer- and even though Jer- Jeremy Renner, Jer- Jer- Jeremy Renner is not in this one, they make up for it with literally everyone else. So you'll be okay if you like him. <laughs> they, they replaced Jeremy Renner with Matt Damon. <laughs> just just the giggles, you know. Matt Damon's been in everything recently. You notice that, right? Apparently, he's got like a bunch of cameos. It's nuts. Anyway, I wish he was. I, I wish he actually that was actually the case. It would just have to be so funny if you're like, like Matt Damon, and he just plays. A, he just plays a different character. It's like, oh yeah, I'm like Jeremy Renner's cousin or something like that. You know, just like with a different mm-hmm. Bourne, with like, which is a different agent and still involved in the the Bourne thing. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, so so you're wholeheartedly recommending Mission Impossible Fallout. Wholeheartedly. All right. Please do not see it on a fucking computer screen. I'm not. Or I will gut you, mate. I, I have a perfect way to watch Mission Impossible Four. Like, don't you even worry about it. I'm gonna make this the best experience for me possible. You only see it on IMAX, even though I recommend it. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Okay, our IMAX is still being built. I can't watch it then, in IMAX. If you see other big, honestly, I haven't seen an IMAX yet. I'm gonna see it again. But I'm gonna IMAX, watch the but... extreme screen in points. Okay, that's Dude, you and I do. Yeah, that. That's why I saw it for the first time yeah. last last Saturday and it was great because at the end for someone so filled with excitement for, the, for you know weeks up to it after I finished I, I just stood there I sat there in my seat just like uh, I was I was frozen yep and I turned to my dad and I'm like dad movies they how are movies this good like can movies be allowed to be this I was just it was like a euphoric experience it was fucking fantastic so I hope you is, like it, it. is it in your top 10 favorite movies of all time oh no 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 no, no. But like, oh, it's top, so me. I thought the top, way you were writing, you were like, "Oh yeah." It was like, no, no. Of all time, it's like life 40, aquatic. Eat your heart out. Forty or fifty, I want to say, and it could raise on a rewatch. Um, yeah, because I'm not an action nut. You know this. Yeah, it's not like my most representative film thing. But if a film comes along and blows me away 
with action, it's going to be a Mission Impossible film. And, you know, Fallout did it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, top, top, top 40, I could say, possibility. Easily my favorite of the year, though. Well, that's good, because as I said, it's the highest of the averages uh, for yep. all of our picks. So, mm-hmm. curiosity, who do you, what do you think came number two? Ooh. Of the unanimous, not overall to unanimous. I want to say like Infinity War, some shit like that, but just because of how much praise it got from users, I don't know what. So I'm going to lock that in. Go for it. You are correct as a superhero movie. Okay. But it's The Incredibles 2. Oh, perfect. Even better movie. Um, IMDb gave it 8.2, Ron Tomatoes gave it a 93, which averaged it to an. 87% score. Um, I, I was... I There was a lot of... Like, speaking of Series 11, right? <laughs> there was hype for that. But imagine the amount of hype there was for The Incredibles 2. Like, that's right. another level of hype that you need. There's so much you need to do. And obviously, I know a lot of people who are like, this is so shit. Like, all this hype and nothing. I'm like, shut the hell up. It was a cash grab. A cash grab. Yeah, I saw it, that. A cash grab. This was this was financial suicide. I'm not really seeing it. <laughs> Ralph. Too, too, too. I know this is, this is the guy that I'm talking about. Ralph. Movie maker. Yeah, fuck Ralph. You're wrong. Oh, this is not a cash oh, grab. You are so oh, wrong. Incredibles 2 has feminism themes. The opening scene in Incredibles, Elastigirl says, leave it to the men. I don't think so. Fuck you! What? <laughs> what? You're, the, 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 it, the issue with Incredibles 2 is... The, the issue is... It's a 20-year-old... Or 18-year-old, or however old you are... It's a 20-year-old watching a movie... Comparing it to... Watching a movie at 9 years old. Okay? I'm telling you now. I love Syndrome. It's one of my favourite villains in Pixar and animation history. Yep. But if you watch Incredibles 1 for the first time at 20... You probably would guess it. I mean, yes, the villain in 2 wasn't as well-developed, but people... All the negatives of that movie is, like, stuff you wouldn't have found negatives from the... If you watch it as a kid, if you get what I'm saying. Like, I prefer 1. Yeah. But I think people are so hard on this movie, and it's not a fucking cash grab. Brad Bird said he didn't know how to do some plot points, some villains, so he spent a lot of time working on this. He took a break to do freaking... Ghost Protocol and Tomorrow Forgettable, so you know. <laughs> Thank you for that for that break, by the way. Thank you for that break. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, Tomorrowland's a masterpiece, am I right? Well, uh, I think it's... Yeah, <laughs> it, I don't think it gets... Like, it, it is, oh, no, it's, it's not, it's not, not bad. Good, but I think it, it's... It's just painfully average. Yeah. It's it's nothing to hate. Yeah. But, but yeah. No, no, no. No. I don't want to say the hate word on Brad Bird. <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen it. So my thoughts are pretty much the same as yours. I think it almost matched this the um the the original almost. My only problem is where I think I the film was a was a little weaker. That was yeah, probably about the honestly. There's some moments when I was like, "Yes, this is how I feel watching the first one." You know, some sequences, some it was way funnier than the first one. Yeah, I'll say that mm-hmm. way funnier. There was one bit that shouldn't have made me die. It was um there was a scene where um uh, Violet. Uh, <laughs> is it the a, restaurant um, thing? Is it the restaurant? Yeah, yes. she's at a restaurant. And no, the uh, fact that people animated that again? scene. Oh my god! Yes. What's his name? I forgot his name. Anyway, anyway, and then he comes and says hi, and then Violet and 
on Twitter, there's like freeze frames and stuff. Yeah, the freeze I, I, I frame makes it so much fun. It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. Anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, I think Marco Giacchino does a fantastic job uh, making the music for this one. Also, you probably probably may agree with this. I think it also has the best action scene out of the two movies. That action scene being the bit with the portals. Oh my god, right? The portals with How the plane. How genius was that? The portals with the plane. Oh my god, that made me so tense. <laughs> <laughs> they did. He did a great. The one thing I loved about this movie was how they incorporated the powers. They did so many unique things with the powers. It it blows my mind. Um, yeah. To say that it that it's far. To say it's even a cash grab is such an insult. But just like it's the, so stupid. Do you know how much how stupid is not to release Incredibles 2 like two years after the first one I'm just saying Cars 2 was a cash grab it's probably the only one that I really did feel it was like cash grab yeah that was banking off the success of the first Incredibles, Incredibles 2 obviously earned so much because it's been so long but not because you know they could have made five Incredibles movies if it was a cash grab you know yeah anyway. it could be so much easier there, there's no Grind reason why they years. couldn't they couldn't um Plus, jump on the hype train that uh, 2008, man. It's Brad Bird's first sequel. Leave the bug alone. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to. I want to. I want to write a 2e. Okay, let's be honest. That's that's next logical step. And if they don't call it Ratatouille, I'll be disappointed. Like it has to be called Ratatouille. I will not. I will not um, be satisfied with any other name. It just just don't happen. But anyway, yes. Uh, so, Incredibles two, average of eighty seven. Uh, so, what do you think is the third? Now that I've talked, now that I've just surprised you with Incredibles two getting number two, what do you think is number three? Surely, Infinity War. Infinity War is indeed number three, average of eighty five. The IMDb got it at eight point seven. Rotten Tomatoes average of eighty three. So, in total, average of eighty five. <sighs> That movie made me feel things, man. <laughs> like this movie, this movie does. I don't think this movie works as well if it didn't have the history of the past ten years behind it. Of course, yeah. Like they they needed to have all the movies prior, every single. Oh, sorry, maybe not Incredible Hulk, but they needed all the big ones to really justify everything that happens in this movie. There's a lot that happens, and there is so much they do right. So, so much. Uh, I said to you, I think it was the first time I said it, I was like, I, I cannot wait for you to watch it. Because I watched it, like, opening day. It's the first movie, and I don't regret it a single yeah. bit. And it's the first movie I've watched twice. I've never watched a movie in cinemas twice. Infinity War was the first time I've done it. And I don't regret it in the slightest. It was that good for me. I mean, granted, obviously, there are probably things that when I watch, when I end up getting it on DVD, there'll probably be things that I find annoying, but as I said, they did so much right, and they made Thanos one of the most interesting characters to come from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I still think it's his movie, and they're just supporting characters. Yeah, it very much is. It's it's his story that plays out, and just... The, the Avengers are the ones... It's kind of weird, because in a way, uh, it's it's more like Thanos is the protagonist and the Avengers are the antagonist of the story, if you think about it. 
Um, yeah. If you haven't seen it, why haven't you? <laughs> Go watch it. <laughs> it's pretty hard to miss it. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 it's probably on DVD now, I think it is. Is it? I don't know. It should, it's been enough time. It should be out on DVD. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, so all of us agree, Infinity War, worth, worth, worth its ranking. The next one... Which also had I'm not getting any more. Go. The next <laughs> one. What do you think the next one would be? Number four. Oh, come on. I remember how much of what we did. Um, <laughs> I know, uh, making you think. It's funny. Uh, it, has the same, it has the same ranking as um, Infinity War, so it's technically equal tied. That helps. Um, it's technically equal tied. Just like a Google 2018 movie, so just have a guess. <laughs> um... Uh, Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs is indeed number four, Fuck but number yeah. tied third. Go for gold, George. <laughs> IMD gave, IMDb gave it a rating of eight out of ten, uh, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it an average of ninety, so therefore average is eighty-five. Uh, same as Infinity War. I enjoyed it. I think this is still a little too high for my liking. Just a little bit. I would probably would have put it between seventies to eighties. I don't think I could put it eighty-five. Um, but, Fair enough. But that's not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying that I, I, no, I personally I mean, didn't really resonate with it as much as other people. Doesn't touch Fox for me. No, no, Fox is it's so much still better. got the Anderson touch, and I had fun with it. Yeah, I think I've had one big problem with it. I think at times it goes a little too weird. Like, like he, he's um, where's where's Anderson's likes to be surreal with his things. You and I both agree mm-hmm. with that, but I almost yeah. feel like there's almost a threshold. Like he, he did it purely to make it weird; it didn't really fit. That's probably my, one of my only problems with that. But it wasn't. It wasn't often. It was only like one or two times that that really was like, yeah. did that really need to be that weird? That kind of thing. But I still enjoyed it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I probably wouldn't have put it 85. That's. Whew. It's, it's quite high. As I said, I'd probably put it maybe high 70s, early 80s. Yeah, not 85. How about you? Would you put it as 85? I th- I think so, just because I love Anderson, but I don't know about like it being that... I, like, I'd put it as that, but I'm still shocked that it is that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, from, 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 from the average. Alright. Well, considering you have no idea what movies you've picked, so I'll just, <laughs> I'll just I'll put you out of your misery for the, the remaining... Uh, 15. So the next one on that was next one rated average best um, was Deadpool 2 with an average of 81. Interesting. Still have, haven't seen that one. I recommend it. I think it's a nice compliment to the first one, but I still think the first one is better. I think the jokes mm-hmm. were a little funnier. Um, I, I won't give away any of the great... There are a couple of great funny moments though, like I I would say what they are, but I don't want to spoil it purely because they 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 were fun to experience unexpectedly. Okay. So I won't say any more than that. But yes, I do think I think eighty eight out of ten is probably expected. It's eighty one, so it's about about where I think it should be an eight out of ten. Um, yeah, I don't know much else to say about that. Just I would I rec I recommend it. Purely, <laughs> then you'd be like, it's not as good as the first. I'm like, yeah, I know, that's what I told you, but <laughs> I still think it's worth it. Uh, the next one underneath it is Ready 
Player One. Mm. What are your thoughts on Ready Player One? Now it's been some fears and dime between. Yes, liked bits of it. Overall, I was like, I liked it more than I disliked it, but I don't know. Like, it was sort of like a mixed, mixed reception, but ultimately having fun. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Like, there were some sequences that were like, holy shit, I love cinema. But overall, it was just like... Was Are like, you talking about The Shining? Yes, of course, I'm about The Shining yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, even, like, the the racing one, it was like... Yeah, that was pretty good. I don't know why good. this is a thing. I don't know why, but you know what? I'm having fun. And I, I guess there was some th- thematic things that bothered me with, like, the way it portrayed nerd culture. But it was sweet, you know. I don't know. It was sweet. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, you I it? think I think its biggest problem is its characters. They're very one dimensional, oh. but it's well for, for a movie with all for movie referencing all those, all those amazing people. Yeah, yeah. So, like the the main character character. There were some all right supporting ones. The main character was so bland. Like ugh. Anyway, sorry. That just <laughs> no. That, that's I'm saying. I agree. I was like the characters are probably the weakest part about it. The world building though is what immersed me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I want to live in that world, and they did such a good job setting up everything about the Oasis. Oh my god, everything about the Oasis. The Oasis looks amazing. I just oh Spielberg man. And one thing he gets. And one thing he can, he he does no he does no wrong with is his set pieces. As you said, that first that first racing that first time we see the race is amazing. I I cannot. Yes. I, if I want to recommend I, I a scene agree. to it, I recommend that first race because it is pure Spielberg. How fantastic that first that first race is. Uh, but then of course the shining moment, which is I won't go into too much, but they do a fantastic job recreating the shining. Would you agree? Oh my god! It was just. I don't, I don't know why I liked it so much because it felt, it felt like like, it was like a nice way to honor it while also being freaking a weirdy weird as shit. But that's well, very Kubrick, isn't it? Make it weird as possible. Yes. So it kind yes. of kind of really does fit. Uh, I also like um, Ogden Morrow. He's probably he's probably the best of the living characters. Um, mm-hmm. Simon Pegg's character, but uh, yes, James Halliday. Uh, um, Played by Mark Rylance, he's the heart of that movie. I actually think he was. I, I mean, I love Mark Rylance, so yeah. But I don't think that movie works nearly as well if if Mark Rylance doesn't do a fantastic job as um as Halliday. <laughs> like he's in so yeah. much of that movie, and he's supposed to be a dead character. You're like <laughs> that bit with the Star Trek. <laughs> do you remember that bit with the Star Trek thing where he pops out of the coffin? Yeah, <laughs> you don't think about that for a second. Yeah, when they when he first does talks about the um about the the quest, he's like he's like in his coffin and he pops out to talk about the quest. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's worth uh, seventy four. That's about right for me in my opinion. Yeah, three out of I mean, four my... stars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the only other movie left that we have yet to talk about, which is still surprisingly high. Early Man. Uh, ah. That got an average of 71. So IMDb gave it a 6.1 and the Rotten Tomatoes gave it... Did not end up seeing this one. No, did I. I could dis- but I want to. I don't see how I could dislike it, even if it's 
apparently not as good as the rest of those. I feel like their style would still like just win me over at the end, you know. Mm. And, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it eighty two just <laughs> to finish that off. But um, Ooh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, chicken. I, I watched rewatched Chicken Run. Holy shit, that movie's great. <laughs> I, I I I kind of always underestimate Chicken Run. Like if you think about DreamWorks, Chicken Run never ever comes to a person's mind. But it's I so good. Seen it. So oh, I should get on that. So huh? good. You you bloody watch Chicken Run and you'd be like because yeah. I've seen obviously I'm a huge fan of bloody all their other stuff, but for some reason Chicken Run just never happened. Mm. I, I recommend it. Like <laughs> there is no reason for you to not watch it. Just go to go to the shop <laughs> and get it. Probably like what, ten course. bucks or something like that. I don't know. Uh, so the only one of our eight that is not out yet, so we can't review, is First Man, which is obviously the uh, the one with Ryan Gosling and as Neil Armstrong, directed by Damien Chavelle. Is it Chavelle or Chazelle? I don't know. Chazelle. Chazelle. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. The yeah the one that's done Whiplash and La La Land. Man, that movie's still good. I want to watch some La La Land tonight when I <laughs> after this after this recording. But anyway, we've got mm-hmm. this. Eight down, 12 to go. Um, so my, I'll go my uni- unique picks. Uh, you know why I'm leaving yours to last, but we'll get to that. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, Dick. <laughs> yes, I'm an ass, and everyone listening will understand very, very soon why. Uh, so the highest one for me was Black Panther. Uh, that was an average of 86 so IMDb gave it a 7.5, and Rotten Tomatoes, I have no idea how, but Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 98. That's superhero movies for them, right? Jeez. I, I cannot believe that was 98. I'm like, no way. I mean, 86, fair enough. I'd probably give it an, an 8. Point, uh, yeah, 8.5 is probably justified. So 86 averages out to probably the better score. Uh-huh. Um, you have thoughts on Black Panther. I'll let you talk about Black Panther. I don't have many. I saw it way later than I should have. I found it underwhelming. Well, that's what I wanted, um, that's what I wanted you to talk about. I wanted you to talk about why you yeah, thought it was underwhelming. For I just thought... I guess just nothing in particular really stood out for me. I thought the acting was fine. I thought the story was fine. I just didn't think it was anything really to, to remember, I guess. you know, like There was nothing that really stood stood out for me. Um, probably the Wakandan entrance is probably the only thing that really comes to mind. Like that oh, first yeah, the, shot of when you... The world building and stuff is great. But, yeah, but that, like that mm. first bit where you just see like the, them go through the portal and all of a sudden you see mm-hmm. Wakanda. Yep. Like, holy shit, that's great. That's probably the only thing that really stands out to my mind as well. Yeah. I just remember it being good. Because it was praised a lot. Yeah. I understand why, you know, the representation is great. But as a, I guess, Marvel... Not even a Marvel film, just as a superhero film, I thought, uh... It was not bad. I just didn't sit with me. <laughs> it's guess. no Thor 2, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Masterpiece. Masterpiece, yeah. That bit where uh, that bit with the portals and Thor 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the second on my list um, is Tomb Raider. Uh, oh. So that got an average of 56. Uh, IMDb gave it a 6.4. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 49. I haven't seen it. I have want to see this movie, mm. but I have not seen it because during the time I think it was April or something. A lot of the lot of the action movies like Deadpool two and um, Ready Player One and uh, Infinity War all came around about the same time. 
And I think I had to just space out which movies I would and wouldn't watch. And I was like, in, in the in the grand scheme of things, Tomb Raider didn't really stand out for me in regards to its trailer. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tomb Raider? Did you see it? Did you not see it? I have not seen it. Don't really want to. I have... I love binge playing the first game, and that's all I will say about Tomb Raider. Hang on, the first game, what, the, the PlayStation 1 one or the PS4? Oh, no, 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 sorry, the first, uh, like, the first new game. Oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah I yeah. had so much fun playing that, and the trailers look like the glorified version of that, but not as fun. Yep, that's so, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so the only other one that, that I have, so three out of my six still haven't come out yet, but... um. <laughs> But yeah, the other one that uh, I have, A Wrinkle in Time. Mm. I was... <laughs> a Wrinkle in Time <laughs> was an average of 41. IMDb gave it a 4.2. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 40. I haven't seen it, uh, and I was not shocked when people did not like the film because that trailer looked awful. <laughs> I remember, do you remember when I was like, I was so hesitant to put this on my list? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was justified. You're- yeah. <laughs> Not even yeah, Oprah pretty... can save your movie. Not even Oprah. It looks... Yeah. Yeah. Just... Oprah and Disney, you failed me. You failed me hard. Uh, so the three that I have left that have not come out yet. Sicario 2 Soldado. Uh, right. Uh, I think it's still called that. Or I think it could just be called Soldado. But the point is... I have. I still think it looks really good, and I, I like the the fact that Josh Brolin and Guillermo del Toro. Oh no, sorry, Guillermo Benicio del Toro. Benicio del Toro. I'm sorry, they both have del Toro in their name. Okay, That's it's no very excuse. easy. It's very easy to confuse one and the other, mate. It's, it's very very easy. But anyway, yeah. So that one, I'm still excited for. Probably won't see it. Uh, the Predator. I really like, and the fact that Shane Black's still directing it makes me even more excited. Yeah. Uh, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I am so, so pumped for that. Than, than I was when we were talking. So grateful about it. I picked that as my as my because <laughs> like I expect that to be '90s man. I expect that to be pretty up there. It looks stunning. I just didn't know how it was going to be, but Spider's my favorite superhero, so. Should have seen that coming. <laughs> you didn't trust your instinct, man. You didn't trust your spidey no. sense. Did my spidey <laughs> sense was off the ball that that, that day? Uh, all right, now we get to your ones. Let's go to your unique picks. Do you remember oh, any of your unique picks before I tell you? I remember one because you've been giving shit about it. But apart from that, no. Okay, so okay, out of the ones that you think you picked, what do you think was the highest? I'll give you a clue. Your two, your two of them were your highest. Oh god, okay. Um uh, um uh, the, 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 Come on mate. Come on. I don't remember any of my picks because I've I've added so many more moves to my watch list since that day. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have to just start me off. Right. Or give me a clue. Right. Or start me off. Okay. Well, I'll go with I'll tell you the first one. So the first one with an average of 87, was Ladybird. Oh! Yes. Talk about Ladybird. I Lady forgot Bird. that. I was in- Talk about Ladybird. I was including... I was including... So, the issue with this is, a lot of those films came out in 2018 here, and there were 2017 Oscar contenders. Ladybird is bloody phenomenal. It's such a sweet film. Um, 
about it's a, it's a coming of age story starring Saoirse Ronan pronounced correctly by the way you're a sucker for coming um, of age stories and I am I am and this one was directed by Greta Gerwig and she's fantastic and I was very hyped on Twitter on Letterboxd and I was very nervous about watching it but my god it's beautiful um, great cast great I just love the cinematography and the tone of it all it was very sort of um, it had a lot to say but it felt very minimalistic and very sort of um, I guess quiet because it's based on a, this, this, this uh, the relationship between a mother and daughter and this, this town of Sacramento and I just thought it was really sweet and memorable and I recommend it even if it's been out already come out already gone but I would recommend it for anyone wishing to get their coming of age fix because it's a great film and yeah well, I haven't seen it, so I wholeheartedly agree with what you said. <laughs> <laughs> um, so your other movie that yes. you'll probably kick yourself for not thinking that was the number one, but your equal number one was Love, Simon. Oh, my God. Okay, this is worth the hype, guys. Holy shit. Um, so is it one of the best coming major movies of all time? No. Is it got flaws? Yes. Do I care? No. no. Um, it it got so much right. It was, I think, if you, you can just enjoy it as it is. It's a well-made film, regardless of its cliches. It's sweet. It's sentimental. It's got great performances. Nick Robinson, who I didn't really care for prior to this, gave it his all, and he was great. Um, soundtrack is freaking baller, and it's just stuck with me since I watched it for the first time. I've seen it three times already now. So, yeah, it's just the director just gets so much about the the angst, the struggle, the sort of the highs and the lows. And even if it was an American teen high school film, I was like, yep, I know how that feels. Yep, yep, yep. It was like a checklist. And yeah, it was well, well, well worth the hype. And one of my favorites of the year alongside um, Fallout. So, yeah. Can reflect on that one with a dice. Would you would you consider Love Simon to be like the Mamma Mia of gay coming of age movies? Well, y- yes. <laughs> I like to think about that. It depends on what you call Mamma Mia to be. Like musicals. like like a fun time, regardless of fun time, regardless of what you think of it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing you did. <laughs> so this is irrelevant, but the George is the thing on Letterboxd where he um. You found a negative review of uh, Mamma Mia 2. And he just, oh, here we go. <laughs> he got his entire comment section to be uh, to uh, mock the guy in a, in a girls just want to have fun kind of context. Am I correct? <laughs> yes. It, yeah, I feel like you can explain this much better than I can. So I, my friend shared this review with us um, about this guy who just decided to compare this movie to other movies and I was really triggered. Um, and I thought to have some fun, to <laughs> parody Girls Just Want to Have Fun with his review. I'll get it up, hold on. Um, and it's I decided, what's, what's the fun of me doing it? So I got my other friends to cop to paste this sort of backup singer type chorus thing. <laughs> and so it worked out really well because he was triggered and he delayed the review. So, boy, peer pressure into, into making a positive review. <laughs> yeah, it was a perfect 
perfect waste of my time, but his review is now gone. <laughs> perfect so waste I win. of my time. Suffer, bitch. <laughs> it's not even a movie you've seen to compare it to. You're just like, nope. I don't like nope. people shitting on Mum and Me, too, regardless of what you think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that was just a lot Suffer. of fun. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Thought I'd bring that up. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just make your oh shit kind of mentality. But anyway, yes. So, uh, yeah, IMDb for Lady Bird was 7.5 and Rotten Tomatoes was 99. 99, that's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Which averaged at 87. Love, Simon, IMDb was 70, 7.8 and Rotten Tomatoes was 91, averaging again 70. Sorry, again 87 was your average. The next one, uh, again, I haven't seen it, but I did mention as one that I might have was interested in putting in my list, but didn't at the end there. Annihilation was your, was, your, was your third as a result. Yes. IMDb, a- 7, and Rotten Tomatoes, average, uh, 87, averaging 78. So still pretty I high. I think I would, have, I would have loved this movie more if we had the opportunity to see it on the big screen, but of course we didn't. And as such, we settled for Netflix. It's still a really, really fascinating sci-fi film. Yes, there's some narration and structure issues, but I think its originality... And the tone and the freaking cinematography is gorgeous. And the performances are just so, so good that, you know, I think it's one of the better sci-fi films we've had in the past 10 or so years. And um, I'll recommend it without saying much because there's a lot of layers to the story, a lot of things to, to just, like, gaze at and also things to question. So definitely one of the highlights of the year. And I would recommend checking out Annihilation. Okay, so my question for the, the three movies I've said so far. Uh, uh-huh. Do you agree with the ratings that you gave? So 87 for Lady Bird, 87 for Love, Simon, and 78 for Annihilation. Would you, do you agree or disagree with those? Well, it fits with my it fits with how I looked at them. Love, Simon was my favorite of the bunch, followed by Lady Bird, then Annihilation. So I have an issue with that. I feel like Annihilation should be a bit higher, possibly reaching the 80s, but, you know. What can you do? I have no issue with the ratings, though, apart from that. Okay. Uh, so, the other two movies that you have... Uh, appara- I don't think they've go. come... Out- no, not there yet. Uh, okay, cool. So, the other two movies that haven't come out yet, I don't think like I don't think they've come out yet because I haven't found ratings for them. Uh, so, uh-huh. Boy Erased. Have you- right. Have you seen like anything about this since? Yes. Yeah, so, there's a trailer that dropped a while back. Um, and... This this looks marvelous. This looks it's got a great talent. Joel um Edgerton Egerton Edgerton Ed Joel Joel's making the film. Yep, and he's in it. Yep. Russell Crowe, Nicole Kidman, uh, Lucas Hedges, who was in Labour as well, uh, and Troy Sivan doing music and acting as well. It's got a great Aussie cast. It looks really interesting. Um, telling a story that doesn't get told a lot. That's sort of like... It's about a um, teen going through gay conversion therapy. And it just looks like a really well-made film. Like, and I'm excited. I, I really hope it delivers. Because <laughs> Crow and Kidman are husband and wife. And they're dicks. And I'm ready for it, you know? So, yeah. I'm excited for it still. 
Would you consider Boy Erased to be the Mamma Mia of gay coming of age stories? <laughs> no. I can see it could be... No, 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 no. This, this will be a sad, sad movie. Oh, so it's more like Schindler's um, List. Okay, I see. Yeah, so it's the Schindler's List of um, Mamma Mia movies. Yeah, so the Mamma Mia of Schindler's List movies. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, and the other one is the Happy Time Murders. is a movie that hasn't come out yet. Yes. The issue with this one yeah. is I was under the impression... That we were going to get a gritty murder mystery type thing, but with Muppets. So it wouldn't be for kids, but only because of its violent themes. What we got from the trailer is a raunchy R-rated American comedy where Muppets jizz and have sex and do all the R-rated stuff. And while I am still hopeful because... There are a couple of those types of movies that I like. Ultimately, it's like, why? Like, Muslim McCarthy's the the main human character in this film. I'm sick to death of her, even if I love Spy. <laughs> I lied to you about this too. I remember when you first talked yes, about it. I was like, I, I'm considered Muslim McCarthy. And you're like, ah, oh, I should be fine. <laughs> we just saw concept art for this, and I was like, yes, this looks great. There's, it looks gritty. And the trailer came, and it was like, oh... Right. As a huge Muppet fan of any type, this is that. Look, I'm still hopeful. I'm not a cynic like Nick. But, um. <clears throat> I you won't say that. Like I'll explain why in a second. <laughs> I'm, I'm, less ex- I'm less excited, definitely. Because I was hoping for something way different than what the trailer gave us. Uh, I'm, so. I'm, I'm, I've seen the trailer too, and I'm just going to go out and say it. Uh, I'm not excited for this, and I think this will do badly. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the the Muppets is a dumb novelty. It, it basically all it is is just an adult comedy, and they just add the novelty of Muppets. In it. And it just it looked. It yeah. looks. It looks. I hope it's dumb. good, but <laughs> movies like this don't end up well. So. Um. So yeah, if it, if it ends up doing well, that'll surprise me. But from what I've seen, no, it's not. It ain't happening. <laughs> that's what I was like mm-hmm. I was like you cannot be more cynical than me in regards to this movie because I was like this, yeah. no, I don't I don't give it any chance put it that way but you the hopeful the hopeful dreamer <laughs> the, yes. the, the reason why this this thing really works because <laughs> you, you are the, the shining beacon of hope put it that way mm-hmm. um, yeah um, so yeah that movie has come out and, but that said it has got has got a hell of a rating to try and top this because your worst movie. Oh my god! Do you want to talk about this? What happened? No, no. Okay, I have to go. Sorry, I just don't. <laughs> okay, so you're not gonna do this, but I will. Uh, so mute was your lowest. Uh, to give you an idea as to how bad this is, IMDb gave it a five point four, which is not that bad. But Rotten Tomatoes gave it 15%, averaging your score to 34. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, so we're going to keep talking then as a result. To compare that to last year's one, The Space Between Us, which was the worst... Shut up. The Shut worst up. one for, for George last year was 41. The Dark Tower, which was my worst one, was 38. Yes, I'm, I'm sure Dark Tower was worse. Hang on. I'm sure but it was worse. But it equals the score of The Circle. The Circle. 
That one with Tom Hanks, Karen Gillan, and Emma Watson. It's so boring. It's so bad. I'm just saying the the rating is identical and average. <laughs> Thirty four, both the circle and mute. How? I've seen it, but I just want to know how this happens. I didn't hate mute, but the more I thought of it, the more I realized how. See, the reason why I didn't hate it is because I watched it with friends. Yeah. And I, I think it's scientifically proven that any movie is more enjoyable when with friends. Yes. Um, but if I watch this, it's definitely trying, it's treading behind Blade Runner with its tone and mood. The stories are interesting. It's borderline criminal. I mean, criminal like sickening. But the performances are fine. Paul Rudd's in it. In a interesting performance. And Duncan Jones is, seems to not be doing the best. Because I love Moon and Source Code. But this was not that great. Well, to be fair, he, also did, he also did um, direct Warcraft. And that was... Warcraft looks abysmal. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that feels like a downward slope at this point. Based on that. Like, the fact that you've gone from Moon... Source code, which I think is still I still love source code, so it's kind of like Moon Source Code are pretty good, and then Warcraft, and then Mute. <laughs> like that's just, that's just been his timeline so far. So fingers crossed he can redeem himself with whatever he chooses to do next. But wow, when I was going through the averages and I saw that Mute was thirty four, I was like, oh my god, I have to tell George this. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was probably the arsehole part of me that was like enjoy this as soon as possible but I was just like I was in, I was in shock I'm like no that couldn't be right I had to do it three times to make sure that the average was was correct and yes it's equal to the circle now I haven't seen the circle so I still don't know if that's if that's justified but do you think that mute just is justified with a th- basically a 3.5 out of 10 would you agree with that as a rating no I I'm going to a four to f- possibly five at the most. I think Circles are three out of ten. Fuck that movie. <laughs> um, but no, I don't think it's bad. Yeah. Um, as I said, I haven't seen it, but just wow. Um, <laughs> I was down to where to go from yeah. here. You just like. <laughs> such a downer of an end. You crushed my soul. <laughs> you do that to yourself. You're the one that picked the movie from 2017. <laughs> and you did it two years in a row. So in hindsight, you've basically... It's your worst movie for both 2017 and 2018. You suck. Because <laughs> <laughs> you did it in both lists. Hey, I wasn't the one that decided to put it in 2017. You should have done your research, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that is our 20. Uh, I do have a question before we end up wrapping up this episode. Mm-hmm. Are there any movies that you've seen trailers for between now and then that you think will do amazing that haven't come out yet this year? So, stuff that I've seen. <clears throat> Halloween. Okay. Well, that was, so, on, my, that was so on my protected list. Like, if that was one of the ones that I was protected, like, possibly going to pick. But yes... Yeah, so I Halloween. Yep, my most hyped of the year. Now that Fallout's gone, um, I thought about Boy Raised, Spider Man, the new Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Definitely. Now that I saw the trailer for that, I see why you're hyped. Thank you. Sorry to bother the. Sorry to bother you. Looks awesome. 
The new Suspiria looks really interesting. Um, I'm somewhat excited for First Man. Eighth Grade looks awesome. Um, trying to think what else. That's all I can think of right now. I am excited for, for biggest comic con show, so superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't care about any of it. <laughs> Have you seen but the, Shazam did you see the Titans fun. trailer? Have you seen the Titans trailer? Yeah, that looks abysmal. Uh, okay, but good. Shazam looks yeah, fun. Shazam surprised me. I like Zachary Levi, and it looks fun. Mm-hmm. So. Aquaman will surprise yeah. me as to how decent that was as well. Mm-hmm. But James Wan's directing that, so... I mean, yeah. if you're going to have a hopeful DC movie, more so than Wonder Woman, it was expecting to be this one. Um, so, yeah, I agree. So, being for Aquaman, um, Creed 2 looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, I saw Creed recently, and I was genuinely surprised at how good that movie was. Um, I'm just going through the ones that I was, was tossing up for beforehand. Um, Venom. I'm hopeful for Venom. Oh. <laughs> that's my that's my that's my take. I'm hopeful for Venom. I think it can do well. We just see how it plays out. Um, Ralph breaks the internet. I'm very concerned Jesus. with. <laughs> I'm very so very concerned with Ralph breaks the internet. It looks like it just just went to average animated film territory. Yeah, I'm very Big very time. apprehensive on that one. Um. The Scarface, but that can go very wrong as well. Uh, yeah, for me, it's still Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I know I already picked that, but that's still my most anticipated. That looks awesome. For the rest I of agree. the year in general. If I had to pick a second, mm-hmm. probably Aquaman Halloween third. There you go. There's my there's mm-hmm. my there's my top there's my top three. Um, Fair enough. That went to my list before that I would take out for a wrinkle in time in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'm so annoyed that I kept that in. I was so apprehensive. I'm like, maybe the tra- the trailer's just bad and the movie would be great, like you thought with um the, the series 11. But in this case, I was wholeheartedly correct in, being, in my justifications of thinking it looks shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. There's also Holmes and Watson, which. Is, Weird. I don't know how to think about this. I have... It looks fun. I don't it think I've seen fun. a trailer for it. Is there a trailer for no, that? No, I don't think. By looks, I mean, hopefully, will be. I think it's John C. <laughs> Riley, and I can't remember who plays the other guy. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Well, that's a Step Brothers reunion. Step Brothers maybe that won't be so bad. Yeah. At least they have chemistry. I think it'll so. be fun. Yeah. Yeah. They have good I chemistry. I'll go for that. Anyway. Well, that was a more hopeful note. So <laughs> I'm very, very regretful <laughs> asking the last question. Um. Any final thoughts before we wrap up the episode? No, sir. I'm all good. I, I believe that this episode was the Mummy Mirror podcast. Would you agree? <laughs> yes, it was. And on that note, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter posting about ABBA and movies at GCAP42 and on Facebook where I do not post at all at Blackwood Films but I will be releasing a new film soon and might put some stuff on there interesting as well as next name where can I find you (laughs) you did cut yourself off short there Uh, you can find me on Twitter (laughs) at enquest enquest 63 I have a Facebook Nintendo Quest 
Uh, I do have a YouTube as well. Nickname, good luck finding me. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't feel right if I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> but also, I'm where we have a we have a Facebook page, big on the inside. Uh, AU, same with Twitter. That's B O T I A U. And our YouTube thing, uh, that's been quite stagnant for a while. Yeah. Do you, it's, when do you, when I do you, will try and yeah? It's like, when do you think yeah, you can upload one? I think I could upload a couple more throughout. Mm, I could try and do one a week, honestly. But I don't know how well I'll be in terms of uh, time. That's fine. It is... No, that's fine, man. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I just to... I just wanted to be, just wanted to clarify that the YouTube channel yeah, is not dead. It's, it's not, not dead. dead. <laughs> there will be more well, stuff the worst thing that'll happen. The worst thing, the worst thing that'll happen is that, is that it'll die for a while and then come back and then I'll die again after that. How very reminiscent of our uh, own podcast. <laughs> absolute <laughs> silence and then then stuff happens. An absolute silence and then more stuff. Happens. Yes, it's rather fitting when you think about it. Um. Yeah. Also, one last thing. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, I I've been writing reviews out for Doctor Who. I hope to release them, and I'll probably do so on the Big on the Inside YouTube channel. Because mm-hmm. why not? It makes sense, you know. The Doctor Who YouTube channel. We've already done like half the half, half the work there anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, that wraps up everything. And until the next episode in three months' time, nickname out. (laughs) Ringo out.